and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today, we discuss season six, episode five, The Imposters. Ooh, written by Gina Fattore, um, directed by Michael Lang. This originally aired on October 23rd, 2002. The description from Wikipedia. Heather Tracy, a Hollywood producer, visits the Wicked Dead set. Todd is four days behind schedule and hasn't returned Heather's calls. She's also still angry over him dumping her. (laughs) She (laughs) identifies Natasha as the weak link and prepares to fire her. Todd is prepared to comply, prioritizing the needs of the many. As Joey presents on Lolita, Eddie defends her from Heston's scathing critique, leading to some sort of showdown, which Eddie quits the class after being accused of utilizing a pseudonym of being a person who doesn't exist. That's not a real sentence. Um, Emma clashes with Pacey over the fact that Audrey is constantly staying over, hogging the hot water, and belting California Dreamin'. However, she realizes her all-girl punk band, Hell's Bells, needs a new singer. Okay. Also not a complete sentence. She invites Pacey to perform. She invites Pacey to perform to the performance. Oh, Audrey invites Pacey to the performance, but Pacey focused on work to the exclusion of all else sleeps through the gig. Jack confronts professor Freeman about a grade on a paper feeling that Freeman's apparently closeted nature led him to grade unfairly. (laughs) That's not what happened. (laughs) Freeman adjusts the grade tacitly admitting Jack may have a point. Eddie, pressed by Joey, admits that he's not even a student, merely someone who sneaks into class and is allowed to audit. Dawson steps up in the editing booth, helping Todd save Natasha's job. Natasha thanks him, knowing he was behind it. That was a bad description. Sneak in. Are you allowed to be there? (laughs) Okay, my history is mysteries. Uh, October 23rd to 25th. Chechen rebels take control of the Nordost theater in Moscow and hold the audience hostage. At least 170 people are killed following a Russian attempt to subdue the militants. Mm, That was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. October 24th, 2002, the Beltway sniper attacks, having killed 10 and wounded three others and with the arrest of John Allen Muhammad and Lee Boyd Malvo. Again, domestic violence made public violence um october 25th 2002 u.s senator paul wellstone his family and his staff are killed in a plane accident in eveleth minnesota Mm -hmm. oh shit and the dagger in my heart (laughs) october 27th 2002 the Anaheim Angels defeat oh, yeah. San Francisco Giants in game seven of the 2002 World Series to win the I title. I remember that. That's the last time I bet money on the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> um, they lost and um, I lost money on that game for to multiple people. I think that was um, the Angels' first win. Yes, it was. And uh, the Giants should have won in game six. They were 
up five to zero in the bottom of the seventh and Dusty Baker pulled Russ Ortiz out of his, he was like pitching well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Dusty Baker pulled him out and um, the, the giants gave up many, many runs and lost that game. And then it was really that series was lost after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a crushing day in my life. Um, October 27th, 2002. Uh, and I had to wait another eight years before my team won a world series. Well, you weren't going to win with Bayroids. I mean, I I'm looking back on it now. I'm glad we did not win with Barry Bonds because I don't have to fight with Dodger fans about it. Um, (laughs) but you know, at the time, I didn't know what was to come. Um, okay, so number one movie is The Ring, which is fucking scary. Oof. Yeah, I've never seen it. You haven't seen The Ring? Seriously? I don't like scary movies. No, it looks too uh, scary. It's really scary. It's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Maybe I did see part of it, but no. Um, the number one song is once again Dilemma by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. Banger. Banger. Um, debuting at number 56 is O3 Bonnie and Clyde by Jay Z featuring Beyonce. <laughs> yes. So that's a banger too. <laughs> that's a banger and also like, woo, the, be- the mm-hmm. beginning of an era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, debuting at number 71 is TLC's Girl Talk. Yes. Um, Yes. Yep. And uh and finally debuting at number 97, we have Single for the Rest of My Life by Isis, which definitely is a banger. I didn't know it by name, but I was like, oh yeah, I know this song. So hmm. good one. Um, okay, so we open in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Where, where Joey's Joey- like trying to get drinks at the bar from Eddie. And She's Emma comes attention. Yeah, and Emma comes up and like notices what's going on. <laughs> well, and, and she has like Emma and Eddie, who have worked together for a long time, have like uh, a banter. Like, well, and he just like sees her, knows what she needs, hands her the beers, mm-hmm. like that's it. And Joey's like needs to actually talk to him. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, it, and like, you know, I understand why Joey's been like rude to him up until this point. But like I've been saying, it's like this is the camaraderie that you need to build with a a service industry, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's this weird conversation that happens between Emma and Joey. And I Uh didn't know what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a reminder of just how bad the like accent is of Emma, because like the whole time I was hearing the word tips, like get help you get better tips. Like, from a service job but like joey's playing it like it's sounding like tits but like yeah. i didn't know that that was happening until the end of this scene <laughs> yeah because like i was like you know i'll cut up your shirt for you because hers is all cut up and like low cut and she's like you know i'll cut up your shirt for you and then maybe he'll like pay attention to you which don't love that framing yeah. um and then like she yeah and then she's like you know, it'll, it'll definitely help your tips. And Joey looks at her like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) And, (laughs) and then she's like gratuities and like, Joey's like, Oh, and they like, you know, I mean, it's funny. It's like kind of fun. I like, I like was like, ah, 
That was my laugh. Like, it's definitely one of those things that like on paper is funny, (laughs) but like it just wasn't executed that well, in my opinion, because the whole time I was like, I don't understand why Joey's being so rude to her. (laughs) I know. what yeah so so um joey finally gets to order and eddie's like oh it took a long time because i find you intimidating now that you've like tried to ram your tongue down my throat Mm -hmm. and joey says this thing that i feel like is very illuminating about joey where she's like look eddie social conventions dictate that when something like that that's embarrassing happens we all agree to tacitly never speak of it again and i was like listen i was like let me break this down. Joey thinks that kissing a guy mm-hmm. and having him not even reject her, just saying, if the reason you're doing this is because you're trying to get back at someone else, I'm not interested. But mm-hmm. if that's not the reason you're doing it, I'm totally interested. Yes. Joey thinks that's mortifying. <laughs> well, it's like it, we're going to get into it in this episode. But like yeah. the whole thing is Joey likes to talk around things and to have a kiss mean everything. Like, yeah. that's the world she comes from. And now that we've exited her childhood world where everyone knows who she is, yeah. you have to actually say what you want and <laughs> yeah. talk about what you want, you know? Yeah. And like, that's kind of what Eddie said at the end of the last episode is like, no, no, I'm just trying to play some bullshit game. But like, if you want to kiss me for the right reasons, then let's talk about this. And then she acts like that was the most mortifying, mortifying thing ever. And like, you know, like Eddie's rude but like i'm also on his side you yeah, know? yeah like because she he didn't kiss her she kissed him and then it's like mad that that ha- at him that that happened like, right i don't know no totally no totally it's so weird um and also we have to mention that emma and eddie talk about like her upcoming show oh right, right house right. kitchen yeah 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 um and like you know because at- Oh, she does say, oh, Joey just says that like the thing about not talking about embarrassing things and alcohol keeps us going as a society, which I did laugh at. I was like, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, and like, yeah, so Emma's like, you know, I got to go to rehearsal. Remember, like all this stuff's happening. So we get the like set up that she has a big show tomorrow night at Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Emma yeah, takes and off Joey's and she's like, like, well. Emma, when she takes off, she's like, now you two kiss and make up. And Joey turns on Eddie like, what the fuck did you say? Yeah, she knows, huh? And Eddie's like, no, that was just like a coincidence, you know? Um, And also like, who cares? I don't know, Joey. It's like, uh, like you've worked at a restaurant, like multiple. Like, I don't know why you're acting like this is a new experience. Oh my God, everyone hooks up with everyone at restaurants. And everyone knows your business. And even if they don't know your business, that is a common phrase. So either way, like get over it. I don't a hundred percent like it's like it's hard because I just don't feel like what happened to Joey is so humiliating you know that's I mean I'm 100 with you I'm like, like that's humiliating yeah like, like you know it's like not. we all remember you throwing yourself at Dawson which I still think is the most humiliating scene I've ever seen like I mean oh my God. I can't like, watch it yeah. it's, it's like so hard to watch it's hard to watch yeah and then you fuck Dawson and he had a girlfriend so or he's yeah. dating someone you know so like uh, it's weird that this thing is the one this that's is humiliating mm-hmm. that you're really holding on to you know yeah. is is that really what's happening or is there something more to this you know mm. yeah i mean here's my last thing about that scene is that like i'm not saying that i love this season but i am saying that i would watch this cheers spin off just <laughs> putting it out there 
Um, so then we go to the hotel bar where Dawson is like, sits down with Todd and Natasha and Natasha immediately leaves. She's like, yeah. okay, got to go by. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd's shit face, like, so is like so, slurring. <laughs> he, he acts drunk so good. I thought yeah, does, I was like really impressed by yeah. it. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Good job, sir. I haven't looked that guy's name up. How Austin, I think it is. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I guess I just have to, you know, be a naysayer for one second and say that, like, if these people are in the middle of shooting a movie, there's no way they're getting home from set in time to be at this crowded of a hotel bar. Yeah. And hotel um, bars close early anyways. Like, yeah, you know. totally. And then like, or they're, if they're on night shoots, they're getting to the hotel bar at like nine or 10 a.m where yeah. it's not going to be this crowded anyway whatever this is tv fine um and like dawson's like trying to trying to get todd on track like he's like okay dude and drunk todd's behind. like yeah drunk todd's like trying to give him a hard time about like dawson's treatment of women he's just like yeah. oh she got out of here fast and if i thought you were a better man you'd be going after her or whatever and yeah like, whatever oh, god todd yeah. <laughs> like Todd, how can I find you so charming and so horrifying at the same time? It's, I know. It's like, and really, like, why do we have to have two of these storylines? We can't get a break from the bad boss. I know? know. I do. Um, and like, you know, Dawson's like, okay, we're running behind. We keep getting penalties. Mm-hmm. Like, and the executive producer has been calling nonstop. And hey, guess what? Right when he says <laughs> that, here's Nicole Bilderbeck <laughs> as Heather. And she is pissed because not only is Todd behind schedule and over budget, he's also not fucking not calling returning. her back. So she's flown to Boston. Yeah. It's so funny. It's I was like, not this is not seem out of the realm of possibility. No, it's just like absolutely like you're not shocked whatsoever. Of course no. she's gonna show up and be like millions of dollars on the line and you I can't get a hold of you. So yeah, like mm-hmm. I want to remind you who's actually in charge here. In charge here. Yeah. And I love that it's Nicole Bilderback, like you know, Same. an Asian woman. Asian woman. She's like, yeah. I'm here, I'm the boss. It's so mm-hmm. funny. And she's and she's plays such a good, like I'm gonna say the word bitch, but I mean it mm-hmm. in like a very loving way, like yeah, in a way that I really dig, you know, like she is just fucking in charge. She's like, awesome in this yeah. episode too, where she can yeah. be like the nice, but like, you know, whatever. oh my god, she like, plays it so well. She's so good. Yeah, but, and then she like shoes Dawson off to go get her a better hotel room and <laughs> she's like here are my keys go fix this situation sir <laughs> I was just like so funny. just living for it living for it um and then we go to Paisley's and Audrey is like listening to punk music reading a book reading a book and as like and Paisley's studying so like I don't know this is kind of a nice evening in right yeah yeah, yeah. and it seems like a legitimate thing that these young kids would be doing for sure Yeah, totally and she like looks up and he's staring at her and he's like you know is your book good and she's like mm-hmm. it's required so no which I thought was funny <laughs> I know I thought so too I was like oh okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then Facey's like well it's the first book I've seen you crack this whole semester and I was like again no follow-up questions to this yeah like i mean it's like you kind of think he's opening the door to talk but not really like i don't know it's super fascinating and she's kind of like oh what so i start acting like joey and then you're mad about it you know and like Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Like, I definitely see that she obviously is spinning and he's trying to help, like, figure out how to talk to her about it. Yeah. And like, you can see that happening in the scene. But I just like, like we keep saying, like, that doesn't feel pacey to me. It feels it doesn't feel pacey to me, but it does feel very like 1920 to me. Like, Mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Not the year 1920. Yeah. Um, But like, because I think like. I think you like don't know how to like, where are these boundaries? I no, don't I def- know where they are. Yeah, and so- I definitely agree. Like it feels like a scene that I'm watching that I understand what's happening and I get it. But as, as someone who knows these, like knows one of the characters really well, I'm like, I don't know, this doesn't really ring true. And then totally. Audrey, like, you know, like she's becoming more of this wild, like, like easily set off person, which yeah. like, I guess I can understand. I don't know her that well as a character. So I'm like, okay, this is her new trajectory. But since we like don't really understand what's going on and we're five episodes in, it's like kind of hard to follow. Totally. Totally. I also must mention her outfit, which is just peak 2002. (laughs) She has like a tight tank top, but it has one partially flowy sleeve Uh uh over, over like another tank top. Because yeah. we were really into layering. layering. Back then. Oof, yes. God, so many layers. <laughs> so and, many. <laughs> and then the very low rise jeans, super pointy toe heels. Yeah. And I was just like, man, this is like. We did that. Ooh, ooh. We did and that. I, it was like the 2002 part of my brain is like, this girl looks great. And then the, <laughs> the 2022 part of my brain was like, woof, woof. We were really <laughs> thinking we looked great. Oh, God. I mean, you're just trying to fit in. So you do look great. Like, it's fine. I, you no, know? I hear you. I hear you. But like, it's hard to look at now. <laughs> it's really hard to wrap your head around now. Um. So Pacey's like, well, yeah. So, th- you know. Pacey's like, you know, I, I just was like wondering if you and Jen got into like some trouble last week. Like that's what it maybe seems like. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so you have kind of sussed out that something happened, Pacey. Like, good. I'm glad. Yeah, totally. And he's like, Jack kind of mentioned that they lost you the other night when you were at that party. So like, again, cool. I'm glad that these friends are actually friends and actually talk. Like, Mm -hmm. I love this. I mean, of course you want to see it Jack and Pacey on the screen more, but like, okay, fine. You know, I'll take this off screen illusion that they hang. Great. Right. And like, I don't know. Then it gets really sad. Like Jen or Audrey's like, and for Jen being a party girl, she's not much of a party girl. Like, you know, (laughs) and you're like, okay. And and Pacey's like, well, did anything like happen? Like, are you, are you okay? And she's like, no, nothing happened. Yeah, she was like, it was crowded and Jen ran into someone she knew. Yeah. And like, she kind of derails the conversation. Yeah, because it's really cute. Then Pacey's like, ooh, oh. Jen, ooh, Jen, he ran into a boy. He's like, like wait, give me wait, the wait. goss on my best yeah. friend, Jen, you know? Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and like, I love that. And that also totally. feels authentic too, because Pacey and Jen are best friends, you know? Obviously. But like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It, it is sad in the sense where you can see how Audrey's like, desperate for Pacey to behave one way, but 
he doesn't know what way that is. And maybe she doesn't either. And so like, we're, you know, they're at like this real like crossroads where she's like, I want him to be this one way, but I don't know what that is. And I, I also, and I don't know how to to, ask for it, Yeah, but I want him to just know instinctively, you know, I don't know what it is, you know, it's like, Uh I agree with you feels pretty authentic to being like, you know, a, a, young teenager. person. <laughs> yeah. Basically know? a teenager, even if they're 20 or something. Yeah. yeah. But again, like, I just think as the viewer, it's so confusing. I agree. I agree. And, and Audrey tells Pacey that this guy that Jen ran into was like a real knight in shining armor type. And Pacey's kind of like, Oh, just like me. And she's like, yes, honey, just like you. And I was like, I feel if this show was made now, Audrey would be a babe person, not a honey person. She would call him babe left, right and center. Uh Just had to make that note. Um, And and then Pacey's like, well, you know, we're all alone in this apartment. So yeah. (laughs) And he like goes in and he's like kissing her or whatever. And she's just not feeling it. And she says as much and like to his credit, he's like, oh, okay, Okay. that's fine. And he leaves. And it's one of those situations where she wishes he fought harder, but like, he's not that t- like he's full on about consent, she said you know? no and he was like yeah. okay he's like i'm yeah. not gonna try to convince you that no doesn't mean no you know and 100%. so you can also see like that what is what happening in her you know yeah yeah because she's like oh we could and he's like no 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 it's fine like mm-hmm. you know you don't want to it's fine um because she says she's tired and and you know it is awkward but like i do like props to pacey where she says no and he immediately stops yeah. And then, and then to her, it feels like a rejection you yeah. know, once he agrees to the no. And, you know, that's just like a complicated thing that, yeah, you know, some people feel. Yeah. So the next morning, Emma comes into the living room and Pacey is asleep in his full work attire <laughs> and like sitting up in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he's, he's finished all the coffee and Emma's fucking pissed about it. And like, He's in that, like, I stayed up all night hyped up, like, yes, like, you know, which is like, like, it's so funny because like, this is what, like, we should have seen our college kids behaving, you know, and we have it. And it's like such an interesting role reversal that we're seeing our non-college student staying up all night studying, being super wired on caffeine and like, you know, like this kind of vibe. Um, And then just spits a straight truth when he's like the hardest part of staying up all night is that hour from four to 5. AM. And I was like, so I true. mean, absolutely. So true. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, and like, as he's like getting Emma coffee from the reserves, like the shower turns on and Emma just looks at him. And is like, if, is that your fucking girlfriend? Pacey's <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, it's Jack. And then Audrey starts singing California dreaming. And like, it's, it's her. Definitely. <laughs> And she's and, like, Pacey, <laughs> that girl is always here. Yeah. What the fuck? You need to talk to her. Yeah. And Pacey, like, honestly, is a terrible roommate. Terrible. He's like, um, why don't you talk to her? I'm out of here. And it's like, yeah. no, it's your guest. So it's your yeah. responsibility to talk to them. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck you. <laughs> totally. And Emma goes in and tells Audrey to get the fuck out of the shower. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. fine, I'll fucking tell her. And then, yeah. like, realizes that she's a good singer when she, like, actually listens. So good. I mean, are we comparing <laughs> it to Joey? Like, <laughs> yeah, good compared to Joey. <laughs> <laughs> like, not bad. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. 
good, but not like, oh, wow. Voice of an angel. I mean, Busy Phillips is a good singer. Uh Like, not necessarily right here, Mm -hmm. but she is in that Girls 5 Eva show and she sings in that and she is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So anyway, so then we go to Jack and Jen's class and Mm -hmm. they haven't seemingly haven't talked since the night of the party because she's like what happened when you left with the professor like what went down yo yeah and i mean i will like i know we're getting this scene now but it does feel like they would have had it like right afterwards oh i guess jack doesn't live there anymore yeah and like maybe what we're thinking is is like two or three nights ago yeah i was gonna say Mm -hmm. like that was a saturday night and now it's like monday yeah 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 or something like that okay i'll I'll allow it (laughs) (laughs) right so Jack's like, you know, oh, where did you go? Um, like after you left the party and Jen's like, oh, nowhere. And like, yeah. so, so I was kind like, of like hides for Audrey. Yeah. I was like, oh, so is that a secret? Like what happened? Um, and then Jack's like, well, you know, I'd never get involved with the teacher. So it doesn't matter what happened between me and the professor. Like, mm-hmm. Which, which I mean is good <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm here for this like yeah. yes yeah. thank you thank draw you. a line totally yeah but like, I definitely feel the way Jack acts towards this professor this whole episode I'm like finally we're getting like decent representation of how to handle this situation you know 100% finally in season six and um, Jen's like are you sure like what if he wasn't gay and Jack's like hard pass you know like, or no, whatever yeah this is like an adult yeah And then, of course, the professor comes in and starts handing out papers that are worth 20% of their grade. And Jack got like, what week of school is this? No idea. And he he says that, like, the TAs are handing it out and that the TAs graded it. uh Uh-huh. And Jack got a C minus. Yeah. Jen got a B plus. But, like, if you'll recall, in the last episode, the professor told him that he really enjoyed his last paper yeah, Jack's so last paper. There's a few plot holes in this from you know Jack's point of view is that like the professor A read it and B liked it, you know. So why is he getting a C minus? Yeah. And my thing is like, this is so bad. Like if if Jack went to the administration, this guy would be so fucked. Yeah. Um so anyway. The professor is so sloppy too, because he admits to it later. Right. A hundred percent. Yes. What is going on? I mean, at least Professor Wilder, it was manipulative, but he was like, I could lose my job. (laughs) You know? I mean, yes. Good. You know that. Yeah, you can. I know you're using this as a tactic to like keep Joey in the picture, but like, um, you know, this professor thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So bizarre. Yeah. Um, then we go to Worthington where Joey like runs into Eddie, who's putting up flyers for Emma's band. Mm-hmm. He's and like, he, keep she, on walking. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Oh, can I help? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, maybe we should talk about the incident. The <laughs> like, incident. And she says, we, we collective have been acting immature since the incident. And Eddie looks at her like, bitch, who has been acting immature since the incident? And then like, to her credit, she straight up is like, okay, I have been acting immature. Yes, (laughs) I agree. I agree. And And I do like like this, Joey. I like the girl who's honest about her feelings. Even if she needs a nudge, like, at least she fucking says it. Yeah. And I mean, like, she does need to talk about these kind of things. Like, you know. Totally. Like, and learn how to. Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of the 
you know, most of the problems with her and Dawson were that she felt like they didn't have to talk about anything. They just like read each other's faces. And that (laughs) when they did talk about these amazing mind bending conversations, they were like these abstract things where they used words like incident. (laughs) And it's like, what (laughs) incident are we talking about? Are you talking about when you kissing me? You kissed me or when we were at the bar and you kind of blew up at me, you know, when I didn't yeah. make you your drinks or like, what, what are we talking or about? Or when we here? saw your ex-boyfriend or whoever he was at the movie set and yeah. you were clearly very upset. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And like, um, I don't love this part because Eddie turns around and is like, no, don't do that. When he like basically yeah, don't told her down. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he basically told her to to say what she felt mm-hmm. like and then he's like don't do that <laughs> and then he's like if you do that in front of Hetson, he's going to eat you alive and i was like yeah, okay he says back down like so specifically like i don't know like stand her ground about what she thinks is happening i guess i guess i guess there was this part of me that's like okay i guess if you're like being like giving her some advice about how to deal with Hetson, who she's clearly like not very good at dealing with I guess I'm okay with it, but also this is very weird. So <laughs> well, the thing is that, that I'm struggling with, with Eddie is that he's like, he's kind of this like teacher to yeah. her of like, this is how you should talk about your feelings or about things that happen. You should be direct and whatever. And like, I definitely think that, you know, as you're young and you're, you know, in relationships, you learn that through the process or whatever. <laughs> so like, I understand that, but I guess just because I'm still so traumatized from Professor Wilder, I don't like this recreation of like the sage, you know, smart one and like Joey that needs to be taught about like how to be worldly, you know? Yeah. And that being the framing of their relationship, because like, yeah, I just don't like that vibe personally. Um, and that doesn't feel like romantic to me in a way in which I want to feel about whoever they're throwing at me as the romantic interest of Joey. Yeah. Like it feels a little bit honest about like, um, these kinds of relationships when you're this age, like, Mm -hmm where like someone thinks that they have earned all this wisdom and thus I will impart it to you. Like that feels kind of real, but also like, you know, as a near 40 year old, I'm like, I mean, run from that. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not going to go anywhere good. Yeah. So. I mean, he's like trying to control her actions and like, mm. you know, and also like he's deflecting the conversation now too, too, where it's like, she's like, I want to talk about the incident. He's just like, well, don't do that in front of Hudson. You're going to lose, you know? And right, it's like, right. well, thanks for that advice. Moving back to what I started. Can we talk <laughs> what we were about, actually talking about, you know, the incident or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like, she asks, you know, when, Oh, when's your class presentation? And instead of answering, Eddie tells her, that like if he's being a jerk she should tell him mm-hmm. like and she's like i don't know how that's going to help us like get along and i was like joey because you'll build trust if I he know. is being a jerk you should tell him yeah and you also set boundaries yeah. of what he's allowed to do or not like you know right. like she's like that too like they're both kind of like these snarky people and like sometimes you're an asshole when you're snarky so you need to know what the boundaries are you yeah. know like she also needs that as well is like yeah. someone you know of that behavior yeah 
So Eddie's like, Eddie straight up says like, you kiss me and we haven't talked about what it means, but like, Mm -hmm. it's clear that it's meaning something to you. And then Joey's like, do we have to like have this semantic argument right now? And he was, he's basically like, no, and hands her some flyers and is like, go to the library and hang them. I like, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, you're not going there too. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm making posters. And like, you know, it's hard, like it's a waffle back and forth because I do like what Eddie's saying of like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know what you came here to talk about. And that's it. Like this kiss happened. And yes, you've been acting weird since that happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like, yes, we need to talk about it. So what did you want to say? And then when it's like placed like straight up, like a straight up question, Joey's like, how could you? How dare you ask me yeah. straight up, you know? <laughs> she's not used to it. I mean, she's she's like, I missed that Paula Abdul album. Um, and I mean, but is is she not used to it? Like, I don't know. I kind of felt like that's what Pacey was always like trying to yeah, be with her. That's what Pacey was always trying to be with her. But with Dawson, it's like all over the place mm-hmm. for the most part, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so then we go to the film set where Heather's firing people over the phone um, <laughs> on other film sets, seemingly. Yeah. And like Dawson and Todd are like the fucking these two doofs, like trying to like make sure she's taken care of. Yeah. And like they like get her breakfast and she's just like, I do not want this. <laughs> and, like, she's like, and look, she- we're over budget. Mm-hmm. Everyone and- hates Natasha. Yeah. We're over budget. We're behind schedule. And I wouldn't care if it was good, but it's not. So, and it's this girl. So Mm -hmm. she's like, we should shut down and recast. And like, Todd's like, wait, wait, wait. And then Dawson actually like kind of is heroic in this scene. Mm -hmm. Cause he like comes in and is like, no, no, no. Like Natasha can totally do this. Like, and is like, you know, for this to work, she's got to be sexy and smart. And like, that's Natasha, like to a T and Heather, quite rightly, is like, why is this man talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, fair. And Todd's like, I mean, he's the target demographic. And then Heather's yeah. like, okay, all right, yeah, concedes. And Dawson's like, look, we can cut something together and you could, like, see what our vision, what the vision is, you yeah. know? And, like, again, it's like, why is Dawson saying this? Like, I know what we're supposed to take away as the viewer of, like, Dawson is a natural, like, you know, and he has a vision and and the talent and, you know, can speak fluidly and, and with confidence to a studio exec. But Mm. like you said, it's kind of a bizarre, it's a bizarre. Yeah, totally. And like, I mean, I'll give him the credit that like, he does defend Natasha and is like, don't fire her. No. And like, that's the thing is we're going to get this redemption story about Dawson and Natasha and like, you know, Dawson apologized to her and that's a step, but like, it's still a little bit like, what are we supposed to take away from this? Because Mm -hmm. like he said to Joey, like she meant nothing to me about Natasha. And so now that Joey's been like, it's going to be a pass for me, dog. He's like, well, I like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be like, oh, Dawson's just a good guy in general. So he's just standing up to about for Natasha because it's the quote right thing to do or if we're supposed to be like he's trying to prove himself to get back with Natasha and like I don't know why I would care about that kind of either one (laughs) yeah totally 
Um, so then we go back to Jen and Jack's class and Jen's like, this is a mistake. Like my grade is higher than yours. Like you've been working so hard in this class mm-hmm. and Jack, like, I mean, to his credit, just goes straight up to the professor and is like, uh, you said like the other night that you enjoyed my paper and like, you gave it a C minus. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him, like yeah. honestly. And totally. the professor is like, well, the thing is, I liked the content, not the structure. And I could give you some books and stuff to like read to like get better at that. Fuck you. <laughs> I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and like also, I still don't think that that's a good enough excuse for a C minus. Yeah. Cause he's like, C minus isn't that bad. Like you told me you weren't such a great student. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So you do remember that conversation. Cause he like pretends like he didn't remember saying that to Jack about liking his yeah. paper. And I'm like, okay, so you do remember it, but mm-hmm. like, whatever. <laughs> and Jack's kind of like, also you don't know what great, like, you don't know what that meant to Jack. If I wasn't that good of a student might mean he was getting C's like, you know, it just depends on his vibe. Um, and so like, okay. And that just doesn't make any sense. Cause how would he know what his, um, you know, (laughs) his skill was last year. (laughs) He didn't have him. He wouldn't. Yeah. And like, Jack's kind of like, well, I thought I was doing better than I was last year. Um, and then the professor says his expectations were too high. And I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Wow. Like, why are we getting these two asshole professors? It's like, it's really hard. (laughs) It's hard because like, like I said, I mean, it's not that I didn't have, you know, some teachers that sucked, but like not anywhere near this many, like the, the teachers that were great for me not in this way, do you feel right? Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in college, the ones that weren't that good were the ones that like weren't that good at teaching. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like pick people out and be mean to them. Yeah. It was or like vindictive and single people out with grading them. Yeah. Like, totally. <laughs> that's totally absurd. Totally. So we go back to set and like Dawson kind of like heads Todd off where he when, while he's going to fire Natasha. Mm-hmm. And he like, I mean, he fights for her and he's like, you know, Todd, I think she can really do this. Like I really do. Yeah. And, you know, Todd drops some truth on Dawson that like, if a movie like this gets shut down, most yeah. of the time they don't get started back up again. Like yeah. that's going to be it. And like, it's his job. It's Dawson's job too, you know? Yeah. And Todd just lays out the truth. Like if it's between me having a job or Natasha, I'm going to choose me. And yeah, totally fair, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I do think that's the subtext of this scene is that like, if Todd can, he would rather her step up and actually do this. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to fire her, um, you know, cause that fucks everyone. Mm-hmm. And like, Todd gets distracted by like something on set and Dawson kind of goes to Natasha. Yeah. (laughs) Walks in on her changing. Um, (laughs) We're like in a costume tent. Like, I don't know. It's really funny. It's yeah. It's like a costume tent. And like, he's like, Todd wants to talk to her, but then like he gives her a pep talk of his own before he like sends her to talk to Todd. Yeah. So, well, first like, you know, it's awkward between them. And she is perceptive enough to know that like that lady, you know, Heather is like a big deal. And, you know, 
they kind of have this conversation at first about how to have boundaries around each other, which Mm. I like where she's like, dude, he's like, well, you know, maybe I would have talked to you if you weren't naked in here. And she's like, you just need to be less of a prude. Like, come on. Which is seen me naked, you know, which is like her choice valid, you know? And then he's like, well, you need to not leave the room when I come in, which is like valid on his part to say, totally. um, of like, Hey, if we're going to have a working relationship, you have to like be cool with me being in the room. Right. And like, this does feel like an attempt and, and it, it, you know, it's like, it is a step or whatever of them doing the work to at least be like coworkers or friends, or like maybe get to a, a point of detente or like forgiving of what Dawson did to Natasha. Yeah. Um, and like a real setting of boundaries and the way in which like we, I don't know if we ever saw him and Joey have like these outright conversations like this. No, no, it you seems know? like, and no. we definitely saw him and Jen do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, I can tell something's wrong. And at first Dawson's like, no, 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 nothing's wrong. It's fine. And she's yeah. like, no, I'm in the doghouse. I can tell like, and she's like, you know, I need to nail this. So like, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> And this is where like D- director Dawson comes out, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. And like, and like to his credit, he is pretty, he's good at this because mm-hmm. he's like, look, like, you know, here's the thing you've got to just like, you have to stop thinking. And he yeah. gives her this like great advice on like how she's going to do this scene. And he like helps her kind of break it down. Like what this character is thinking and feeling, and then gives her the motivation to like get through this process. Mm-hmm. And like, that's to me, that's like, that's what a director does. Like, yeah. Let's hash it out together. His yeah. experience of like dealing with her and like kind of being straight up with her and like, yeah the way in which like these are the moments when he shines you know when he Agreed. can collaborate creatively with someone and you know direct them to like the vision that he has for this scene um, yeah and so we can kind of see the way in which like we're supposed to be like oh he's gonna be like different than Hollywood <laughs> you know I think that's <laughs> what we're supposed to take away too yeah but like I do have questions about the budget of this movie here because she seems to be doing her own wardrobe. Like she's like picking out her own clothes. I know she's like (laughs) black bra with white shirt. doesn't really work. And you're like, I agree. What is going on here? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, I know, like, yeah. What, what is the, why are they filming in Boston if it's like low budget, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Good question. Anyway, then we go to Pacey's office where he is like sitting, selling stock to people on the phone. Mm -hmm. He's wheeling and dealing and Audrey walks in. And because there's not a woman in this office, (laughs) everyone stops and starts staring. Mm -hmm. And Pacey like is like, oh, I got to go to the guy he's on the phone with. Yeah. And he's like, um, (laughs) what are you what doing is- here <laughs> and it's like a fair question like, yeah you just show that someone's work <laughs> totally and she like goes to give him a hello kiss and he's like nope not here like we're at work and I was like oh good like someone has well, some boundaries yeah I don't know and he pulls her into the conference room and he's kind of like dude you can't just pop in I work here 
And she's like, well, you won't take my calls. And he's like, yes, because my job is on the phone. So I can't. And like, this is a real conversation that you would have where you're like trying to build boundaries of like, well, how do I get a hold of you? Like, you know, like I can't. (laughs) The world was so hard before texting. God, (laughs) I was like, oh, God, this is not a problem anymore. I totally agree. I mean, it's created new problems, but like different problems. This one has been eliminated. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, And Audrey's like, all right, all right. Like, I hear you. Don't be mad at me. But like, I have this major news and I have to tell you. And she tells him that like Emma asked her to be in the band and like she's going to sing tonight at this Hell's Kitchen event, which is basically her audition. Yeah. She's like, which is a story straight out of my so-called life. Sorry. (laughs) She's just like, Emma doesn't really like me. So I definitely like have to prove myself. Yeah. Um, And she's like begging Pacey. Like, I really want you to come. I want you to be there. She's like, I need you there. Yeah. Yeah. And he agrees. Yeah. And she, he agrees if she'll leave. She's like, you got to go now, but I'll come. And like, she's Mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah. So like, it's hard to say if like Audrey just wanted a slacker boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Is like that what we're supposed to think is why she's like unhappy. I don't know. Maybe because like he was pretty driven in the restaurant. So it's like, yeah, I, I didn't really see him being a slacker then. Right. Other than like the stereotype of the like show of being like, well, he works at a restaurant. He must have to work two jobs like this woman who's a single mom. What an idiot, you know, which was like <laughs> what we're supposed to think about, like, quote, unskilled labor, you know, yeah. which is mm-hmm. like a, you know, stupid rhetoric. Right. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because it felt like they really liked Pacey in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really gotten an explanation on why he didn't go back to a restaurant. Yeah. Other than he wants to make more money, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, but fair. I mean, I which mean in terms of like Audrey, like, you yeah. know, is she just like, Oh, I want you to be my boyfriend <laughs> and just like go to my show. But like, what if he had been working in the restaurant? I don't really he... <laughs> know how, like, it's really that much different. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I agree with you. Um, so then Joey is giving the most boring talk. Boring. Oh my God. Oh my God. Class. I was like, I'm going to fall asleep right now. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, she has like a microphone, I think. Yeah. She's like monotone. And I mean, he does tell her that it's boring. Yes. Which, thank like, God. <laughs> yeah. She's... And then he starts asking her questions. They're talking about Lolita. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't have a whole book report on Lolita. My one thing is that I think most people who read it take away the wrong message from it, mm-hmm. which is like, you're not supposed to, like, you're supposed to feel gross about how much you relate to Humbert Humbert. Yeah. It's, that's the point of the novel that yeah. like, he's making you relate to a fucking pedophile. Um, anything else you take away from that novel means you're fucked in the head. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much um, for coming to my book report. Okay, so like Joey seems very ill-prepared for this. Like she has not read the book. Because- I know, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so weird because he's like, like I don't like I just don't get it. Like we're supposed to think Joey is this really good student and like this is kind of what she she wanted to be in this class to challenge mm-hmm. herself. And I don't know, like it, it's a hard she, sell Has she read like any of these? Books? Always late. And she doesn't read the books like, yeah. like, and then we're supposed to th- take away from 
this that like Audrey's the one that's totally slacking and like you know she is you know late or doesn't go to class and hasn't read the books and you're like what like they're kind of the same right (laughs) like should we be concerned about Joey right and like I don't know just as a person who has an English literature degree like reading Lolita in a week is nothing like that's I gotta read that in a day and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I could read that in a day. It's like, you know, like you yeah, probably, the, bro- the brothers or you have to maybe take a little bit longer, but like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. The week that I had to read like the brothers Karamazov and Bleak House in the same week, that one hurt. Yeah. But <laughs> you know. And also, um, like, I don't know, Lolita is a common book you read in high school. So anyways. Oh my God, not at my high school. But my high school was <laughs> not good with all that um also my god high school kids do they well whatever okay not this is not the point of this podcast so um yeah joey seems ill-prepared and like hudson Hudson is kind of being an asshole to her but i'm also like but you also seem to have not read this book yeah like like, it's kind of fair like i don't know because like at first he's like well, what kind of tennis are they playing? Right. And like, this is a fair question. Like, you That's, know, it is an important part of the book. Yeah. yeah. And she like fumbles. She's like, good tennis. And yeah. you're like, oh, for how much you lie, you're so bad at lying. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. You're so bad. And like, Hetson's like, does anyone else know? And of course, Eddie raises his hand and like, Hetson's like, like Eddie I don't get it. Knows. Are we supposed to think she didn't even read Sparks notes? Like, <laughs> I know. How is she I know. giving a report? What is happening? Okay, yeah. whatever, whatever. No, I hear you. But <laughs> Hudson's like Eddie always knows, and he's like Eddie, what is it? And Eddie's like doubles tennis, and she he and then instead of letting it go, Eddie's like, but maybe you could fucking lay off her, like because yeah. she's obviously really nervous because you keep doing this to her. Yeah. Like, and then Hudson like d- did not like that. Lose it. He's like, are you critiquing? critiquing my teaching and it's like yes like what are you teaching her <laughs> by the- <laughs> to be terrified that you're gonna be an asshole yeah yeah like you know like if it, like sure I'm not critiquing that you're teaching her to actually read the book she's giving a report on <laughs> totally. but to like come at her really aggressively after you've done that this whole semester like that's inappropriate again like it's hard because I'm the same as Eddie in this case, where I'd be like, I don't want a combative environment. I don't want to watch people struggle like this. I, if they don't, if not, everyone will learn in this capacity. So like, this is stupid. Well, and also, I mean, I think one of the problems is that like, if I don't know if it's, if it's the writing or Katie Holmes is acting, I can't tell, but like Mm -hmm. if it was played or if we kind of got the idea that like, she did know that answer, but she's so thrown off by Mm -hmm. Hudson's being an asshole that like, she kind of fumbled for it. Like that's to me, like, okay. Then you could understand. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Hudson then turns to Eddie and is like, oh, I think I'm a pretty good teacher. I think I'm pretty lenient. Like I overlook things that other teachers might not appreciate. And it's like, they have this like very pointed conversation mm-hmm. that like, you're kind of like, huh, okay. Like something's going yeah, on. Like about imposters and about mm. how people that don't really exist. And yeah. we're like, what is this 
you know, dick swinging contest because it's like very intense and yeah, with like dead eyes to each other. And yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're very uncomfortable watching it. And like, so is Joey. She's watching right. this like, holy shit. Oh my God. Yeah. And Eddie just stands up and he leaves, you know, Hudson's like, if you don't like the way I teach, you can get out. And Eddie's like, okay, I'm out of here. Right. And then Joey like chases him out and Hudson's like, where are you going? And it's like, um, after the student that just left the classroom inappropriately, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and like Eddie- at, at one point they do talk about like that, like Nabokov used to write under a pseudonym and like that, you know, he was a person that never existed like Vladimir Siren, which was his mm-hmm. pseudonym. And like, you know, we cut like Hedson's kind of like drawing this line between like that and Eddie you know, and it's just like he he's very like clearly Hudson and Eddie know what this conversation's about, but it is a little like I mean, I obviously I know because I've seen the whole episode, but like at the time I remember being like, what's going on? Right yeah, now? I know. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what is happening? And yeah. like Hudson's an asshole. Like, and totally. my opinion on Hudson being an asshole isn't swayed by the end of this episode. Like, yeah. I will continue to think that, you know. No, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, and like, because Joey then catches up with Eddie and is like, what just happened? Like, you're the yeah, one who she- said you can't back down from him. And then you just back yeah. down, like, you know. And he just and like she, turns on her because well, she's like, I don't know what's happening, but you have to go back in there. And Eddie's yeah. like, yeah, you don't know what the fuck is happening. So like <laughs> mind your like, own damn business, off, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and like, yeah. I feel for them both, you know, I think Eddie's like, if I was on the receiving end of that, like Eddie, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, Joey. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. But also, like, how the fuck is she supposed to know? Exactly. You know, and she's trying to, like, do the same thing that he did to her earlier and, like, be there for him in a way Mm -hmm. that, like, I think she appreciated. Yeah. So, yeah. And so then we go to Hell's Kitchen where Joey is, like, asking for Eddie and Emma's like, oh, he's not here. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, and he lives, like, two hours away on public transit. So, like, I don't know how you're going to (laughs) go see him or whatever. (laughs) And 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 Joey's like... Wait, she he doesn't live on campus, and Emma's like, "What campus?" And yeah. she's like, "Joey's like Worthington," and Emma's like, "Why the fuck would he live there?" <laughs> yeah. And he's so then she stu- and she's like, "Oh, gets- honey, you thought he's a student there?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. She finally gets it, but like, and Joey's like, "Okay, well, like, good luck with the gig. I'm coming back to close, but like, I gotta go see a man about a, a horse, you know?" Yeah, and so. So she's going to take off on like a four hour journey on the tee. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she asks, like, she asks Emma, like, well, is his address in the office? <laughs> Just like, yeah, I mean, the law is you have to keep that in a locked, like. Sure. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I thought the same like, thing. I was like, yeah, literally it's not federal law. To it's like, it has to be locked. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, whatever. Um, and um, she says like yeah, I'll be back for your show. And I was like, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And it was kind of sad to me that Joey didn't know about Audrey. Yeah, I agree. So we're back at the studio. Dawson, Todd and Heather are watching like dailies and there's like improvement with Natasha, but Heather is still not like super sold. Mm -hmm. And like Heather leaves and Dawson's like, what the fuck was that? Like, have you even watched this movie? (laughs) So... (laughs) 
And so Dawson's like, you go, go distract her. And like, I will fix this. Um, yeah. And Todd's like, whose job are you trying to save? And Dawson's like, everybody's, you know, and yeah. that's when we get back to the like bright eye idealistic yeah. Dawson, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we find out immediately that Todd and Heather were dating at some point, And then he took her to Bermuda and dumped her for an exotic dance instructor. His, his, <laughs> that's his uh-huh. words. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> that's a lot that was a lot yeah. of information okay <laughs> so like Todd's that's like... supposed to like explain why heather's a bitch to todd not the fact that he's actually not performing his job duties right mm-hmm. like it couldn't mm-hmm. be just because of that obviously it's because <laughs> yeah. like he fucked her over like when they were in a sexual relationship yeah mm-hmm. and todd's like you know, we're all working so hard. And she's like, uh-huh. And I'm going to shut this down. Um, and there we go. And they like start yelling at each other. And then Dawson kind of like jumps in and is like, okay, look. And like, has this like much <laughs> He's better. Like, ring together footage, like in the matter of like, have, like three five, minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And like, and it was much better. Like Heather's like, yeah, you have a point. It's okay. Yeah, and it's super bizarre because he's making this like directorial choice and right. where he's like, yeah, before the footage was about location, but now that we've zoomed in, it's all about her alone and her fear. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know why Todd is okay with this happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a fair question, I think. Um, we're not going to get an answer to it, but fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then we go back to Boston Bay and Jack's like waiting to talk to his professor at office hours. He's like, yeah. And he's like, look, like, I have to ask you if this grade on my paper has anything to do with what happened the other night. Yeah. My shock. Yeah, exactly. And the professor says like, oh, I think you read gaslighting. That was my exact note. (laughs) This fucking guy just gaslights Jack. Like he's like, oh, you read too much into that. (laughs) Like. I was like, fuck this dude. And then he concedes and Jack, yeah, so and Jack that's goes, what I mean. It's like, yeah. it's like, well, maybe Jack did read two into it, but then if you're going to c- concede, then like, no, that that's is just what you happened. That's just you gaslighting. And now you're an asshole. And we all right. know that we already knew that, but like, <laughs> yeah, been confirmed. Really know that. <laughs> and Jack says to himself, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to lay out the thesis of Dawson's critique for them in 20 years. And he goes, it's one thing to be some scared teenager that is afraid of friends and family and everyone, you know, and everyone you meet, like what they might say about you that I can forgive. I expect that, but you're an adult. Someone's married to you. You're ruining lives on a big scale. And I was like, this is my point. I know (laughs) it's so true. (laughs) Always, always my point. Um, and so then this fucking guy oh my god he tries to make it like part of his like you know lecture on on you know uh whatever pop culture or whatever like pop culture and or he's like you know what i'm gonna do is hop on a newt gingrich bandwagon and just really <laughs> like get myself going on that he's like you know not like not everyone's willing to make sacrifices for some sort of political agenda 
And then he says, not everyone is willing to spend their lives as a part of a despised minority. And I was like, first of all, fuck homophobia. Yeah. Because this guy is ostensibly saying the world is so awful to gay people that I'd rather stay in a marriage that I am not committed to Mm -hmm. instead of like finding out myself and living my truth. And like, it makes me both sad and furious. Even more so, he's just like, I might like this political agenda is, you know, I'm going to stay in this sham of a marriage and like, you know, fuck with my students. Totally. Totally. And like, I don't know if, I mean, for me, for me agrees with that. And he wants to just like, you know, stay in this marriage to his wife and have a kid and whatever. That's fine. But like Jack said, you don't get to fuck with Jack. You, you, you don't. And it's just like in this in this time when like, you know, we're just seeing all these anti-gay and Mm anti-trans bills like and banning queer books from libraries and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's just like this felt like a fucking dagger. um, This scene. It it was I was so mad. Yeah, it's a fucking terrible framing to act like your sexuality is a political agenda. It's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And Jack's like, all right, like maybe you should ask yourself who's the one doing the despising. And I was like, that is a great line. Thank you, Gina. Mm -hmm. It would have been so much better if the story that we got in season five was Jack's frat house story actually being Mm -hmm. tied to his Mm -hmm. internalized homophobia. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like the way that I see it is like, if we got this story of like Jack being like, I want to join this frat because like, I want this experience. And then realizing like, oh shit. Like I was, what I was really trying to do was like, be a straight guy. And I am just not a straight guy. Mm -hmm. Like then this line where he's like talking about who's like, his own like struggle with internalized homophobia, I would be like, Oh my God, it would have been so much better. You know, not that it's not good, but it would have been so much better. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to take away from this because like Jack is maybe interested in this guy while telling Jen he's not. And like, that feels real. But then this guy's a total piece of shit and being like, Oh, you know, I like, he essentially is saying I am, attracted to men, but I don't want to be gay because of a political agenda. And like, you know, that is a real struggle. And like, I understand it, but like, why does Jack have to be a part of that? Right. And like, there's this part of me that's like, I get it. Jack thinks this guy is attractive and now is like, I thought you were hot from a distance and now yeah, I mean, you're Monet. a full on Monet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 100%. Okay. Glad we're on the same page. So we go then to hell's kitchen where Jen goes backstage to find Audrey mm-hmm. and like, Jen's like, I don't know if Pacey's here. It's like so crowded out there. There are so many people. Yeah. And she like, Jen, like makes sure Audrey's okay. And she like, I know. look, I don't know that this is the greatest time to ask this question, but I'm glad Jen is asking the question. So mm-hmm. I'll give it to her. But she's like, you know, the other night, Audrey, like you got super drunk and like, are you like, is everything okay? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and Audrey, who is clearly lying, which Jen knows, yeah, is like, oh, I don't remember anything. Like, I, 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 I was so drunk, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. and you're I completely like completely blacked out. I don't remember a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if that's like the best cover up, Audrey, especially yeah. to Jen. But like, okay, mm-hmm. you keep doing you. 
<laughs> totally. Yikes. And, and like, then Emma, before Jen can like react at all or be like, uh, I think you're lying. Like Emma yeah. grabs Audrey so they can go on. And of course I have to mention that Emma compliments what are supposed to be fake piercings from Audrey. But of course mm-hmm. that septum piercing, the septum piercing was busy Phillips real, real piercing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just used to flip it into her nose. So you couldn't see it when they were shooting. But um, if you haven't watched some of those 20th anniversary videos, there's a great one where Michelle Williams like talks about how busy oh, yeah. Phillips like flipped it down and then like tried to like punch some dudes at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> And Michelle Williams is like, I just thought you were so cool. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's amazing. It's really an amazing story. Um, and this band starts and Audrey's like a semi-decent punk singer. I mean, I would have yeah, gone to she, see this band at the Vets Hall basement in Santa Cruz. Yeah, Definitely. like it's super cute. She's like, we're going to start soft and like, you know, yeah. just like mellow. And like, <laughs> then she just starts like full on screamo California dreaming. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would be there for that. For sure. Yeah, totally. It wouldn't be and my they, favorite band, but I would definitely like, you know, they cut to some Jen yeah. and she is just beaming with like joy. Like yeah. it is such a cool shot like yeah. she just looks like so stoked for Audrey and like, yeah. how good she's doing yeah. and you know like I would be like that too if I had to sit through as much singing that Joey did you know? <laughs> totally you're like oh my god I can listen to this yeah <laughs> it's not on my own yet again yeah mm. um so we go then to Eddie's apartment Joey's like ringing the buzzer and he walks up to her and is like what the fuck are you doing here yeah and fair honestly i mean like how the fuck do you know where i live yeah you fucking weirdo and she's like i get it you're not a student and he's like so you get it like i don't know it's kind of fair of him to be like what what yeah totally it is and she's like i don't know what this was all for but like i came all this way so maybe you could invite me in like, and like Joey, whoa, calm down. Like, I, know. I don't know. She's like, I mean, maybe he does. I know, but it's weird where she's like, I came all this way. Let me in. I need a cup like, of water. <laughs> Give me a glass of water. Yeah. And like, you know, like I get it. I'd be thirsty after that yeah, too. Yeah. And I'd want a cup of water, but like she kind of comes at it pretty aggressively mm-hmm. for someone who like, she just found out this kind of big secret about yeah. him that he's not really a student. And yeah. like, I wouldn't be like, I get it. I'd be like, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Can I, ask I actually get nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she like, she like, like when she gets her water, she, they're in his kitchen and she's like, oh, my presentation. I know. Really <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, what are, you doing? Like, are we supposed to be on Joey's side? Like, I don't know I'm what's sorry. happening. What is going on? She, she like, why would you lead with that? I, I have no idea. Like, what no is idea. happening? <laughs> and he literally is like, I don't care. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I didn't care when I was fake being in that class. So I especially don't care now. Like, what? And he's like, and he like gives her the business and is basically like, oh, I'm sure you're moments away from like breaking through Hetson's crusty exterior and earning his undying respect and graduating magna cum laude. And I was like, I mean, like, he's kind of got your number on this, like, you know, and then he's a dick. And then he immediately becomes a dick because he's like, you could have just saved the trouble and sleep with Hetson. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but she's being an asshole to him. No, totally. But like, the, I mean, I'm with him up until that point. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, fuck you. Like, why does it, first of all, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, why does everyone on this show think that sleeping with professors and teachers is like a completely reasonable action? I agree. And also like (laughs) perpetuating this idea that if doing so will then give you a better grade, implying that there is power given while from fucking someone, you know, Mm. and it's like, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, I'm just trying to help you. And I mean, like, sorry, what? I'm sorry, Joey. What? Like, what? Like, you came over there, demanded yeah. a cup of water, and then told him about your presentation, and <laughs> that is you helping him? Helping yeah. him with what? You didn't even <laughs> ask him a single question about what the fuck is going on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, th- and he t- quite rightly tells her she's being <laughs> condescending but by thinking that he needs her help. Yeah. and <laughs> Or that she can offer any help. Right. And, like, she's like, you don't think it's possible that I could understand? And, like, I get it. I get what we're aiming for, which is like, I too am poor (laughs) or like, it's just like, that is not the same because like, it's one of the things that it was hard for her to understand about Pacey is that like Joey, you know, she worked really hard at school. She had this real drive and she made a plan to get out and that's how she was going to get out academically. And not everyone has that opportunity, which is why our system is corrupt, you know? And so what are you, what are the people that slipped in the cups? cracks supposed to do about that like what if you aren't academically driven or you don't respond in the same way to academic situations like obviously eddie was like i'm not fucking playing this stupid game where hudson has complete power over every student and terrorizes them i'd rather not be in this situation so we could maybe surmise that in an academic setting like when he was in high school he was more of a pacey type that like spit in a teacher's face you know i mean i keep thinking of him as like not as good jess mariano yeah basically exactly so like you know this is like one of those journeys for joey that like i don't know if we ever see but she's like well i was poor and you're like it's a fucking spectrum like dude like totally totally bestie looking out for you like you know like i don't know it's like okay you'll understand what it was like to be poor but to have like the you know the academic problems you won't or to have like these others like what like that's so weird or to be really smart and just not give a fuck about all this stuff yes yes yeah so like like, he already flat out laid out like well yeah then you're gonna graduate magna cum laude and like you that's what you want and like he's kind of saying like i don't care about that i don't want that i i have a thirst for knowledge in a different way you know Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not the person you thought I was, but like, it's not wise to invest too much in people you barely know, which I was like, I don't know. I kind of didn't love that. Mm. Um, And then I also didn't love that. Joey's like, I haven't invested anything in you. (laughs) Like, oh my God. (laughs) First of all, yes, you have like, it's, I mean, not a ton, but like you have you invested, invested two some. hours of your time just now. So like, yeah, come on, I'm probably you know? like eight bucks on whatever public transit. And like, my thing is like, it's fine though. It's fine. Maybe you should stop after this conversation, but like, it's fine that you invested time in him. Yeah. And I guess I just see it that he's kind of like, you shouldn't invest in this idea you had of me, you know, and this is her problem. She had this idea of who Dawson was and to a certain extent of who Pacey was, you know, and like, 
look that investing in that idea doesn't get you anywhere. You need to invest in the real person, you know? Um, and it's like you, she thought he was someone totally different. We don't know who that was, but like now that she's found out that like maybe who she thought he was is, is not, you know, true. She's not then let me get to understand you and to know you. (laughs) She's like, my my report went great. Don't you care only about me and what I'm doing, you know? And like, he's talked to her about this throughout the episode where it's like, I don't, want to have abstract conversations. I don't want to talk about the quote incident. I don't want to talk about like, you know, the things in this way that you do. I want to just be straightforward and be like, you know, how are you, what do you mean? How are you going to fucking help me? Like, and like, that is like something that she, I personally think to learn, but like, it's hard for her to hear it. Totally. The other problem is, is that he's sometimes a dick when he's yeah. saying it. Cause like, cause, cause I don't disagree with you. She does need to hear it and she does need to learn it. But then it's like, then he's like, you know, she, she's like, I haven't invested anything in you. And he's like, you know, great. Then like leave and go find that preppy boyfriend and see if he'll have you back. And I was like, dude, fuck you. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she calls him a jerk, which I'm like, yeah, that seems fair at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and he says she could have saved herself the trouble by calling. And I was like, also, also fair. True. Yeah. 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 And, She's like, you know, you told me if I think you're being a jerk to let you know or whatever. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, like she, it's hard. Like she, he's being a dick, but like, I can imagine where he's coming from. And she's yeah. being so like, what if you're coming home from that long day? And then there's this girl here being like, I'm trying to help you. Yeah, I yeah. did great on my project. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> totally. You know, and Give me like, some water. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. get out of here. So like, I can get it, but like, that doesn't excuse his behavior. He doesn't get to be an asshole to her. And he's doing the same thing where he's painting a picture of her of like, well, maybe you'll get back with that preppy dude, which we're supposed to assume is Dawson. Yeah. And, you know, on the other hand, as someone who sat with Joey for like six seasons, I'm like, he's not wrong to think that about her. Well, and my thing is like about the whole like investing time in people, because like I do think that's kind of the crux of Joey and Dawson's problem, right? Is that like we've invested so much time and energy into each other that we can't possibly like walk away from each other. Mm -hmm. And I do think that like when I was younger, I kind of had this idea of like, if you like you don't invest anything and like and like that's fine it means you're not embarrassing yourself and like mm-hmm. as you know as i've gotten older like you realize like it's not embarrassing or a waste of time to invest time and energy and interest into someone like there's no yeah. shame in that but like sometimes it doesn't work out and there's also no shame in being like okay that didn't work out totally i mean that's the lesson we always <laughs> need to learn is that like like just because it didn't work out, wasn't a mistake. Like it yeah. wasn't a mistake for her to fuck Dawson because she realized they weren't meant to be. And that, that was holding her back just yeah. because it didn't work out with Pacey. Doesn't mean she shouldn't have fucking jumped on that boat. She absolutely should have, you right. know? So like, there's nothing wrong with failing quote unquote, you yeah. know? Because it's all about the, like what you learned along the way, what you learned about yourself, you know? Yeah. And like, we're seeing even from Eddie, she could potentially learn the idea of like, just be straightforward, like try your best, like stop lying to yourself, stop lying to me, you know, and this stuff. 
that's what we're supposed to take away. But because like at this point we're seeing, like, we don't know Eddie, so we don't know if this is the worst in him, but what we're seeing is like, they potentially draw out the worst in each other. You're like, yeah, totally. So then we go back to hell's kitchen where Joey and Jen are watching Audrey and like, it's the end of the set. Joey's back Mm -hmm. and like Audrey's super pumped and Joey and Jen come back and they're like, so excited for her. And Audrey's like, where's Pacey? And I was like, Oh, Pacey, my man, he is not there. Like, oof, oof, oof. Yeah. And she's seeming pretty bummed about that. So yeah. And rightfully totally. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, and then we go to set where Heather meets Natasha. And this is, I love this scene. Nicole Bilderbeck should have won an Emmy for this. It's amazing. She's so fake and it's so great. And like her fakeness is so real. Like, I know (laughs) it's so awesome. She's like, like, oh my God, it's so great to meet you. Look at you. You have such great skin. Like (laughs) you're doing such a great job. Oh my God. It's just like oh it's so funny yeah and like and then she's like totally mean to Todd it's so yeah. perfect yeah. <laughs> and like Todd takes Heather away like he kind of like gets her out of there pretty quickly and like leaves Dawson and Natasha yeah and, and Natasha's like well she obviously hates me like what the fuck's going on yeah and Natasha's like it's clear I'm on thin ice like you know like I yeah. get it and she's like, and Dawson I, tries to lie to her. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, you're not. No, no, no. And she's like, I yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And then we're going to get like the backstory of them. Uh huh. And yeah. she's kind of like, I only got this part because I'm lucky. And Dawson's like, no, you got this part because you were the best person for the job or whatever. Yeah. So was he there during casting? I mean, that's what it seems to imply. Like, okay. <laughs> um, also, hint to anyone t- pursuing this profession, but it's both. You're yeah, probably talented and lucky. Yeah. Everything is like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Dawson's really nice. And he's like, you know, everyone feels like they're lucky and it's not the talent when they're start being successful yeah and like he goes everyone with a soul that is Mm -hmm. and she asks if he still has a soul and he says he'd like to think so which I actually kind of like I feel like it's such a mood in like particularly when you're working this much like yeah I think that it's such like because I've had those jobs where I've just worked nonstop and been like am I selling out everything that I like think is good yeah, in this and world? Yeah, he obviously like, it feels super complicated about Todd. Like he's like, Todd is totally. a cold hearted asshole. But then I also like really respect him and feel like I'm learning a lot from him. And right. like, who do I want to be, you know? Yeah. And like, obviously this is, we're getting such parallel journeys of like him in this film and then Pacey and, you know, in the stockbroker or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawson's like, you know, well, she's, she's like, you know, the reason we end up together, that's the reason we ended up together is that like, Mm -hmm. you know, we met at that party. So they met at a party and like, I was just like, if one more working actor came down and started complaining about their job to me, 
Like I was just going to run out the door and become a kindergarten teacher. Like my mom wanted. (laughs) Dawson kind of laughs at that. And it's like, it's kind of interesting. Like he's learning about her at the same Mm -hmm. time we are, even though they like presumably dated all summer. So yeah. Were they just fucking the whole time, which God bless them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shade, but (laughs) it's kind of interesting uh, turn for the character of Dawson that we know. Um, and she's like, and then you sat next to me uh-huh. and she's like, why did you? And he's yeah. like, you were the only hot girl in the room who looked like she had read a book. I hate it so much. I know. Like, <laughs> I know we're supposed to think it's sweet. I hate it. But I it, couldn't hate it more. It perpetuates this idea that like mm-hmm. hot girls are dumb. Yeah. They don't read. They like, yeah. And like, I guess ugly girls do read is like the well, flip and of that. that like reading is the end all be all of smartness. Yeah, that too. I mean, and I say that as someone who literally makes a living selling books to people, <laughs> like it's not <laughs> there. I can tell you right now, there are plenty of people that read a fuck ton who are dumb as fucking rocks. Yeah. Totally. So like, it's not, those two things don't coincide. Um, <laughs> and we're supposed to like I don't know like I know because it's like the Dawson redemption story we're supposed to be like oh like um, he wasn't just like obsessed with her tits or whatever uh, but like it would have been fine if he was yeah yeah like and you know and like again I'm just gonna keep hammering at home because I just think it's so horrific that he said to Joey she meant nothing to me yeah. like this girl Natasha yeah and like whether or not that was true like I just think that if it, even if it wasn't true when Dawson said it, it was something that he thought could be true if he were with Joey. And mm-hmm. like, that's really hard to hear if we're supposed to, and he's welcome to feel that way, but yeah. it's hard to hear if then we're supposed to be like, oh, but like him and look Natasha, at look at them now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I do know what you mean, Aaron. <laughs> I do. Because um, that's the thing is like being this, I mean, like we've said before, this being a show that was predominantly watched by women, mm-hmm. like, so what am I supposed to take from that? I mean, it's like in a certain way, it's kind of like that Hollywood, whatever bus with Billy Bush and Donald Trump, where like these men talking behind your back. Mm-hmm. And then like all of a sudden, I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's Dawson talking to Joey behind her back. And then all of a sudden, like this other woman shows up and like, you, the audience who have seen the whole thing feel for her (laughs) because like, you know, it's kind of the same, it like functions on the same level as that, where it's like, you know, I'm looking at this going like, what does this guy actually think about you? I can't, I don't know who, who can tell. And like, Sure, and that's such he a, like, apologized fear. to her, but like, I kind of feel like you have to apologize more. Like you have to apologize then for all the other things that he said about her behind her back, you know, whether or not she knows about it, but like an indirect apology yeah. of like, I took you for granted and I thought you meant nothing, but I think yeah. you actually mean something to me. And that was wrong of me to think that something like that. Right. Gosh. Cause like, I think like as a woman that is. I mean, I'm sure men feel this way too, but like, I can only speak from my perspective. Mm -hmm. That is like such a fear that like the person that you love, I mean, particularly I think if you're dating men, um, but, but whoever you're dating, but like, I think that the person that you like, or not love, but like are, are sleeping with, or you're spending time with, or you Mm -hmm. like that, like somehow they're talking shit about you behind your back. 
Yeah. You know, well, essentially that means Dawson was being two-faced and that's yeah. always like a real concern because it, it's a breakdown of trust. Um, exactly. And like, you know, and I, and I, you know, do feel that way about Pacey to a certain extent that he told Joey of like, I don't know, like, remember when we came back and like, I just couldn't keep my hands off of you. Like, I don't feel that way about Audrey. Right. And like, we haven't really gotten a resolution that things have changed necessarily on, on Pacey's part. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I think that's another reason why this Pacey Audrey storyline is like a little bit hard to follow. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. what are, what are we rooting for? Well, for her no to one's... be with someone who doesn't really know if he wants to be with her. Like, okay. And we haven't heard any other desire come out. Right. Like mm-hmm. we haven't heard like, Oh, I'm like committed to making this work. Joey hasn't pulled him aside and been like, now what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so we don't know. Yeah. And like, I will say Dawson and Tasha, like in this scene, have pretty good chemistry. Like yeah. she and talks he, about, like it was a tell- great day when yeah. she nailed her audition. Yeah, and like he told, I guess Dawson had told her about the uh, audition. In yeah. That, um, when know, they were like that- met. Exactly. So yeah. we can kind of see, like I didn't understand that they had they had kind of come up together. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I thought like maybe she was already a working. Actress. actress. I was like, that doesn't make any sense that she would fuck the PA, <laughs> you know what? Um, and like, so then you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of sweet. And then yeah. like again, so sad about how we spoke about her. Totally, totally. And like and you know, like I said, they do have like decent chemistry. Like, yeah. I don't hate I, I'm not like the second they're on screen, I'm like, oh, like I am with her him and Joey. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, oh, I, you know, I got to go change, but like, maybe I should, maybe tonight at the bar, we could like play air hockey or throw darts or something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that would be nice. Like, yeah. so they kind of like reach a stasis. Yeah. And like, you know, I just am too judgmental of Dawson and we get a lot of comments on that, but I'm just like, it's not yeah. enough for me. <laughs> it's I like, agree. like, it's a step and I, and I'm here for the process, um, yeah. but I'm going to need a few more steps before I could be rooting for this just because he said some things about Natasha that we know that to me are so like, I wouldn't want anyone saying about me that then yeah. was like, going to like act yeah. like that didn't happen. Yeah, totally. Um, so Audrey and Emma go back to their, to Audrey, to Emma and Pacey's and like, Audrey's like, oh, thank you so much for like taking this chance on me. And like, mm-hmm. you know, they walk in and Pacey is like dead asleep sitting on the couch, yeah. like in his work clothes. <laughs> and like, that's why he missed this show, which like, there's this part of you that's like, yeah, he stayed up all night. Like, it's understandable that this is what happened. Mm-hmm. But like Audrey wakes him up and like, he's so sad and disappointed and like she's unhappy and kind of resigned and it's like i do i do like it when this show gets into this area where it's like yeah sure she has every right to be mad he missed yep. this he has every yeah. right to be disappointed in himself that he missed it and also it's totally understandable why he missed it like those things mm-hmm. can all be true at once yeah you know? and his like i'll make any how can i make this up to you like super apologetic yeah. it's like there's nothing you can do you can't right go back in time and show up at my show. So like, that isn't the solution to this, you know? And that's like one of the, I agree where it's like both sides. You're like, Oh, I totally get it. (laughs) Like 
I'm not on one side or the other. Like yeah. I totally understand. Like if I was Audrey, I'd be pissed, pissed. you know. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. if I was Pacey, like I might have passed out too. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, so I totally understand. And I and I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like there's nothing you can do to make this up. So I don't know why you're offering that as a solution. Yeah. But you can see the way in which like that is kind of Pacey's vibe of like I'll do anything to make this up to you. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. And like that isn't like that's not what Audrey wants. So it's like one of those things where we're seeing more and more that they're not compatible. Right. Totally. And and she's just kind of like resigned and is like, it's really late, but like, do you think you could drive me home? I just like want to sleep in my own bed. I'm oh, like, God, oh, it's heartbreaking, but like, yeah. also I get it. I know. It's like so sad because yeah. like you're seeing like the fracture of their relationship is not because like they're learning, they're like because of it's because of who their their personalities are not because yeah. of like them as a couple or them how they feel about each other it's just yeah. like they're not going to be able to give each other what they need and yeah it's so hard to watch you're like it's oh hard. yeah and then yeah and like that I guess like that's what we're supposed to think is depressing for Audrey which like I, I could buy that sure so when we go back to Hell's Kitchen and Joey's cleaning up, you know, closing the, the restaurant and Eddie walks in to offer to help and she gives him some shit. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. He, she calls, she like throws him calling her condescending back in his face. She's like, like, how would, why would you think I need your help? And like, yeah. I get that she's mad, but yeah. I'm also like, girl, what were you gonna do like what i don't know i know i I mean i hear you i hear you and you know he says like the first time he went to the class it was an accident like he was on this lunch break and like a grad student like a ta brought their section over to where he was like sitting and they started talking about shakespeare and joey's like oh yeah and you were reading shakespeare and eddie's like no i was reading moby dick which like ugh. (laughs) and (laughs) and you know He's like, then I read all of Shakespeare, all of it. Cause why she's do you do like, everything half-assed? She's everything. like stunned. You read yeah. all of Shakespeare. All like of she's like stunned that someone just reads for fun, which like <laughs> is so fascinating to me because then that kind of leads me to believe like she doesn't read for fun. I, I mean, I will say that reading all of Shakespeare for fun is a lot to do like in a short amount of time i mean well we don't know that it was a short amount of time (laughs) well we can assume that it was like not okay it's like Uh you know yes over a number of years sure but like all of it that's a lot of plays that's a lot of sonnets that's it's a lot i guess that's true i didn't know if we got into the sonnets too 39 it's 39 plays and like yeah 160 something sonnets or something like that's a lot yeah um okay so joey's like oh and you just kept coming and like eddie's like yeah i liked it you know Mm -hmm. and he then quotes moby dick and said deliberate stops me from deliberately stepping into the street and knocking off people's hats and like joey knows that that's a quote from moby dick Mm -hmm. and then she tells him why she came to his place finally (laughs) finally she tells him (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because she could have just said it when she Instead was of there. Telling about her report. Yeah. About how like her presentation went. She's yeah. like, I went over to apologize because like 
you wouldn't have gotten caught if you weren't being so nice to me. And like, I kind of felt bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why, why didn't you say it? like, it's weird. Cause she throws things in people's faces a lot. So it's weird yeah. that she wouldn't say it as she was leaving. Like I was going <laughs> to apologize for, yeah. you know, well, whatever, but anyways, whatever. Growth. Growth. Yeah. Joey's allowed growth. <laughs> and Eddie's like, you know, you thought I was like, you thought I was trying to be nice to you. And he goes, that was me showing off. And then he says, like, he, she disappoints him and generally, like, starts talking like Hetson. And I was just like, are they flirting right now? What's I know. Happening? Like, what are we supposed to think? And why are we supposed to care? Like, I don't know. It's so fascinating. I, and I totally remember in college when we were watching this, like thinking like this was the hottest thing. Like I was like, damn, look at these two go. They're flirting. <laughs> and now I'm like, what the fuck are you even saying to each other? <laughs> like you're oh not saying God. things. God, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know. Are we supposed to think he's learning from like, cause we're thinking she's learning from him, but are we also, you know, conversely thinking that he's learning from her? like learning to be softer or like, I don't, but why would Joey be teaching someone to be softer? Yeah. I don't, you know? I yeah. I so do like, know. what is she, like, so then where is the, you know, equality here? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not liking Eddie and Joey as much as I used to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say, I mean, I, I'm still got an open mind about them, but like, same. Um, I know. But I like, I'm like, still I'd go in with an open mind, but like, I'm like, uh, oof, this is a lot to take yikes. in. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So finally, we go to the coffee stand at Boston Bay. And the professor just plonks Jeff, um, Jack's like paper down while with he's ordering B coffee. On it. Yeah, with a B on it. And it's like, report this guy. Like, oh my God. No. Because he goes, because he's like, you left this in my office and I read it again. And like, Jack's like, oh, and like, this is somehow supposed to make it all okay. Yeah. And I was like, go Jack. And the professor's <laughs> like, maybe I let my emotions grade the paper and that's inexcusable. And I'm like, yeah, it's inexcusable. Uh, he's like, there's no excuse for that. And Jack's like, somehow I feel an excuse coming though. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. Thank like you. I am yeah. so stoked. Jack is handling this, like the way yeah. he is, because yeah. it was one thing to be in class and to have a crush and then to like have that crush extend to like, Oh, he's at a party. I'm going to go talk to him. And like, you know, yeah. like that's, fine I, I don't think it's I don't think it's appropriate but it's not like a it's fine you know yeah yeah, yeah. but then to have it like escalate <laughs> to this situation Jack's yeah. like hard pass you know yeah and the professor's like look the world has changed so much and like Jack's like yeah because people are willing to stand up and like be honest about who they are like that's why it's changed yeah and the professor, like, I mean, look, I, I have a lot of room for this because the professor's like, you know, when I was a kid, like you didn't have kids coming out to their parents on MTV. Like this mm-hmm. was like not. And, and Jack's like, yeah, Jack Tripper was the only gay man in America. Right. And I was like, Gina, that's a fucking <laughs> great line. That is a great line, Gina. I see you, girl, because like, of course, everyone on earth knew that Jack from Three's Company was gay, but gay people weren't allowed to be on TV. So he like couldn't actually be gay. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really that's actually really fascinating. And like, I do think like, you know, when people scream representation matters, like this is why. 
Well, yeah, because it's like obviously when we were kids, the only gay guy on TV was Jack, and the only gay <laughs> kiss we saw on TV was when I was a fucking junior in high school. But that doesn't right. mean I get to treat young kids like shit. Totally. I agree with you. And I, but I also like understand that like that generation of gay men, like over uh, gay people, but, uh, but gay men overcame a lot of shit. And also that was the demographic that sort of got decimated by AIDS. Mm -hmm. So like, it's like, not that this guy is involved in any of that, but like, you know, also like how old is this guy? It's kind of hard. It's not like he's like this old, like he doesn't look he's that not much elder. older yeah. than Jack. Like, I don't like, know. I think we're supposed to think he's like, I think of him as like in his forties. Oh, really? Because his wife I think he's supposed to be like 35. Pregnant. I'm yeah. like, he literally looks like he's 30 to me, like 32, yeah. you know, he's like Miss Jacob's age, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> and like, it's whatever. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Like his struggle is like, don't give a fuck. Like, I'm sorry that happened. Just like, I'm, no, I'm sorry that like tragedy happened, adversity happens to everyone. Like, yeah. you know, we have come so far since I was a kid. Like, I understand. However, yeah. you still can't treat people like shit, like your behavior, like yeah. you're excusing giving him a like C minus just to be vindictive. Yeah with the fact that your childhood was traumatic like okay white dude no 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 i'm with you i'm with you 100 percent. and i think that like and i think that like it's so like one of the problems constantly on this show is it's like they introduce these really interesting like problems but they mm -hmm. introduce them with people we don't really know so like mm -hmm. and that's why i kind of made that thing of like tying jack's like if jack's frat story had been about his own internalized homophobia mm -hmm. then this is actually really fascinating right because he's like I have struggled with this and I understand. And like, I acknowledge that I've struggled with this and understand. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm watching you, someone who's older, someone who teaches me struggle with this. And like, what does that look like? And that's really complicated. And like, you know, that's fascinating to me, but like, that's not the story we're getting. No, no, totally. And yeah. then it's, it's hard college at this time. And so like, we would have known professors that would be leading the conversation on, you know, women's rights, gay rights and <laughs> stuff like that, you know, especially at our college. So to have this per right. professor be at this point right. in his journey and his life is like uh, unbelievable to me, to be honest. I mean, uh, yes and no. Like, like they're in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but That's internalized the first state that had gay marriage. I no, know, but, but like creating the dialogue and conversation yeah. about it, he is a pop culture professor. So like what department would he be in and who would be his contemporaries and peers, like leading right. the dialogue and conversation about it. Right. Um, and also like, you, and you also know. in a class like that, all you would be talking about was like the characters who were coded queer and yeah. couldn't be you would be talking about jack tripper and three's yeah. company and be like you know this is this one of the first gay people series regulars on tv you know like, right you know yeah totally um and like jack's pretty like okay like i hear you but like i don't i kind of want nothing to do with this and like will you please just have the tas grade my papers from now on yeah. which like fair yeah totally yeah i don't trust your ass like no yeah. thank you yeah. And Jen walks up as the professor walks away and she's, she's kind of like, 
Ooh, what was that? Like, Hey, and, and he's like, and then she sees Jack and she's like, okay, actually, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Jack tells and her he got her, like, his paper straightened out. Mm-hmm. And, and he, she, Jen goes, he goes, Oh, I had to get my paper straightened out. And she goes, is it? And he goes, Jack says, and Jack goes, is it straight? And she's like, <laughs> and he goes yeah perfectly and I was like oh I see what you did there love a good give me a good closet joke a good straight joke any day I'll take it um and they like walk off together arm in arm yeah that's the episode that's the episode I mean didn't love it Yeah, Love it's it. like one of those ones where you're like, again, the 23 episode season. Yeah, you feel got it. some real You're feeling it right now and feel it. Yeah. And like, you know, also I'm like, give Jen a storyline. Oh, my good God. Like, I don't mind her as like friend to all, obviously, but like, yeah. I don't know, I kind of want her to have a storyline always, but like, especially now, right, maybe we could get rid of this like stupid jack storyline yeah because what is jack taking away from this i don't know (laughs) people are fucked up and because we have to have the joey Hedson bullshit like having this is just like too much yeah it's a lot it's a lot all at once too much you know And having Joey have these two, you know, dueling storylines of like men trying to, you know, tough her up by teaching her. It's like (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you, please. And like, I don't mind Dawson and Natasha um, because Natasha is just so wild to me, but um, it's not enough of a redemption for me personally. It's a step, you know, it's a step. Yeah. So I, I'm. I'm trying, you know, I'm going with open eyes, but it's not, it's not, not the great. Sh- the show always is like, yeah, well, he apologized once. And then he like, you know, he, um, he really put his neck out there for her job. So like, he's a good person now. And you're like, what is, is what? that, is that where we're at? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, so who yeah. are you rooting for? I mean, uh, Jen. Yeah. I'm like, I, I just don't care about any of it right Mm -hmm. now. Like, I mean, I can muster up, you know, I can, obviously we can talk about it for a long time, but like, I just like at the end of the day, like none of these storylines feel all that weighty, Mm -hmm. um, except for maybe Audrey and Pacey, except that, like we've said, we had, we don't really know what's happening. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that feels important. And that feels like something like they're, you know, I'd like to know a bit more, but like, since I'm not getting anything, I know. And what if we had gotten like the actual scene of Jack telling Pacey about the party, you know, and then like, I don't know what happened. I went, I went off with my professor and then Pacey being like, yeah, well, when we first came back, I wasn't sure, but here's how I feel now, even if it's the same, but uh, like, here's how I feel now, (laughs) you know? And if we had gotten like Audrey telling Joey, like, oh, I'm going to be in the band and Pacey's going to be there. And like, I feel like we're at this place or whatever, you know, at least like an understanding of how she feels like. You I mean, can I, see the discon- where the disconnect is. Yeah, you know, totally. and, and I think that's what we're really wanting to do is see where the disconnect is. Like, mm-hmm. where do these people 
there's clearly a disconnect. Yeah. But where actually is it? That's yeah. The and like, I get, we have to introduce these new characters to, you know, give new scenes to, especially since um, some of the actors are like um, checked out and done, but like, I'm still like, what is the point of Emma? <laughs> like, you know, we well, got her at the expense of understanding what's going on with Audrey. Totally. And I think like, before we started recording, you were, you were, we, you know, we were talking about Natasha and like, you know, is that thing you said in this episode of like, is Natasha like, oh, I thought she, at first that she was famous mm-hmm. and or like at least working and like, yeah. no, she, this is her first thing. And you were like, you know, so like the, but I thought that was the reason that like Dawson had to rush to the airport. And mm-hmm. I was like, she's number one on the call sheet. And like, I'm like, James Vanderbeek is number one on this call sheet. And like, if there's anything that I've learned from people that I know that act, it's like whoever is number one on the call sheet sets the fucking mood. Mm-hmm. And like for the set, like it's not, it's not nothing to be like the lead actor. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you can sense this just like disdain. And I don't blame them in a certain way. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure after six years of doing this, you're and you're like 25 or 26, and you're like, I just want and like you're stuck in Wilmington, else. North Carolina. Like totally. You're so like your options for side projects very limited. Yeah. Or like you're flying all the time. Like you're just mm-hmm. constantly flying somewhere. Like I get it. Like that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. you know, totally. You can't just like, ju- you can't just like, Oh, I have a day off. I'm going to go do a day on this show or on my friend's movie or something like that. Yeah. Like you can't do that. And I get that. That's hard. Um, but like, man, I feel like you really feel it. Yeah. Like, I agree. <laughs> and I think it, tr- I think it's trickles down, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I think if James Vanderbeek had been like, you know, this is what we're doing. And like, here we are. And like, let's just make the best of this. And like, it's, it is in a certain way, like a once in a lifetime thing, right? Like to have a show this big, Mm -hmm. like just, you know, embrace what it is. And then, yeah. Cause also, you know, that there's a reality where it will fund, you know, the rest of your career to make Mm -hmm. all the choices you want to make. So that's like good in a way. Um, Right. I was watching last night. I like fell down some YouTube rabbit hole of like, Uh teenagers reacting to different things okay and and they were first it was like 90s songs and I was like you know it was like do these teenagers know these 90s songs and I was like oh let me watch this for some reason and then I like they were watching the the like opening credits of 90s tv shows and Dawson's Creek was one of them and Uh like first of all like there was like maybe eight people, like three of them knew what Dawson's Creek was. Almost oh, none of amazing. them even knew it. And then, <laughs> but then this girl goes, this is fucking star studded. Katie Holmes, <laughs> Michelle Williams. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's the thing, right? Like that's, uh, it was so funny to see it from that perspective of like, yeah. And she's like James Vanderbeek, like all these people. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of WB shows are like that. You know? <laughs> totally. It's like where pe- or like shows in general, people get their start on them. Um, yeah. It's such a, yeah. I don't know. I think we've talked about that before where you definitely get the vibe that like s- certain actors walked in with an agenda of like, I'm going to like hone my craft and yeah. pay the bills and, you know, whatever. And then some were like ready for something else um, and yeah. didn't maybe have like a full, 
and I, I've always said it before, it, it always boils down to like a management situation. Yeah, totally. A team, like what your team was and stuff like yeah. that. Um, obviously, totally. like that's why I'm always like, who was on Katie Holmes' team that was like, keep singing? <laughs> nope. Let us introduce you to Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sad. Um, okay, for a listener corner, this is from Melissa. I may be late to this segment, but I only started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago. Anyhow, as a 43-year-old female who did not go to college, this segment touches me deeply. Um, Workforce Bound. Workforce Bound. I was lucky to graduate from high school, so going to college was something I never thought about. When I decided to go to a small local state college, not community college, I was really excited. I had to take remedial math in college due to being in special education math in high school. Well, here in Georgia state college system at the time, if you took remedial math 98 and 99, you had two chances to pass before you got kicked out of school. I took 98, failed it, took 98, passed it, took 99, failed it. And then they politely asked me to leave. I tried again at local community college and same thing happened. I, for the same reason, tried one more time at a technical college and you get the picture. The worst part is remedial math does not go against your GPA. So I was kicked out of three schools with a 3.0 GPA from my other classes. As a 19 year old paying for school myself with financial assistance help, I said, fuck this noise and never tried again. My parents, while supportive, could not support me financially in any way. Four or three years, and I'm living in an apartment with a roommate, and I'm a server and making good money. I was good at serving and personable, and regulars loved me, and that led me to a job opportunity being a customer service representative for a design firm. Eight years later, I left that job for an administrative job at a tech company. A few years later, I took some time off to to be a stay-at-home mom and then went back to work four years ago and was able to get another assistant job, thankfully. I know I was lucky to have made connections when I did and that one job got me every job since. Uh, Everyone says that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That being said, I don't make a lot due to a mix of resume gap and lack of degree. When job searching through the years, there have been countless of jobs I could not apply for due to simply not having a college degree. Mm. Um, Now on the flip side, my fiance graduated from college, obtained a master's degree with loads of student debt. Both degrees were from major universities and his grades were stellar. He was able to get a job in sports medicine as an athletic trainer forward to years later. And he was not happy. And in order to make good money in his field, you have to work in a major sports team and work almost 24 seven. Yep. He decided to quit to become a full-time woodworker, which does not bring in a lot of money, but brings in a lot of happiness. Mm. Now he is self-teaching himself to be a web designer and hoping he can make more money while feeling fulfilled simultaneously. At the age of 44, the kicker is we make about the same amount of money. So at the end of the day, you could go to college and still up in a brand new field, starting with zero in your forties with kids. Um, and now I have daughters and I'm teaching them that college is an option, but not the only one. I mean, thank God that you're teaching them that because yeah. as someone who didn't get taught that I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a, I've said it before. I don't know that I would have chosen different, but I do wish that I knew that there were other options. Totally. Um, and I thank you for sharing that story. I mean, that's so 
you know, that's so exactly what we are talking about. And I mean, if we're going to even tie that into season six, like with Audrey, I mean, my thing with Audrey is that it like seems very clear that Audrey doesn't want to be in college. Mm -hmm. And so there's this part of me that's like, you know, the, the, it's the pressure, right. Is it's like, she's has so much pressure to like, you know, be in college, even though her parents, I don't think care that Mm -hmm. like where she goes to college or whatever, but like, she's just like, I think they would care if she dropped out of college. Well, I don't know if I think that, but she would have to, they would want her to get a job that they hooked her up with. Right. And I don't think she would want any of those opportunities. Yeah. So like, I think that that's such a, I mean, you know, I think like one of the problems with telling kids the only way is college is Mm -hmm. it like cuts off like the fact that life is a long winding road and like, yeah, you, you know, I agree. Like from my own perspective, there are so many jobs that I've like fallen backwards into Mm -hmm. that I like ended up really loving or some that like I loved for a long time. And then I was like, and I think I'm done, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and like, I think our generation more than any generation before us is much more like, okay, that's fine. Like at a certain Mm -hmm. point you're done and that's okay. And like, doesn't mean if you're a failure and you know, do your thing um, and do what makes you happy. Totally. I have dreams of being a woodworker. (laughs) Yeah. Two things I wanted to just say first is that I actually read um, yesterday that uh, college uh, enrollment rates are declining in the U.S. And one way to combat that is colleges are um, having like retention advisors to like help people to graduate and Mm -hmm. make the process, you know, especially since it's just like a labyrinth of paperwork you have to fill out, especially if you don't have parents that are paying for it. If you're right. struggling financially, which so many people are, even the ones whose parents are paying. Mm-hmm. So offering more resources. And then additionally, I know in California, they've changed the way the math works um, mm-hmm. because that was really a big pro- a barrier to entry. And if you're going to get a degree in like a liberal arts, the why, like, you know, this listener is saying that held her back and that's like kind of corrupt, (laughs) you know, because it's like, you can say, yeah, like, well, it's corrupt in the sense that the people that have made this system have valued certain subjects. Do you, why is math necessary to pass, but not like uh, critical studies of systems of oppression, you know, <laughs> like, or, I think, you know, I think, you know, why that's <laughs> not required, Aaron, you know, or like how the, like how states now require, um, you know, like minority studies and stuff. So in yeah. California, they did change it at the, you know, at all levels, but I know at the community college level, they offer everyone like a, a one-to-one like person to help you pass the remedial math class or whatever. And good. Yeah. Um, because every state school at any level is subsidized by the government. So we need people to succeed. So yep. <laughs> just put more money into them succeeding. Um, but yeah, additionally, I do agree that there is such a, this problem that the idea is you only can go to school and that's the 
only way you can get a subprime loan from the government to invest in your future. Um, Like what if her husband was able to get the same amount of money he went to school to invest in his woodworking business? Like how, what would the dividends be to our society from that? Um, Well, and also what if he didn't have to pay all that money and he could have just explored, like, I'm really into this thing. mm -hmm. And then at some point be like, actually, I don't think I am into this thing. And like, And like, I have a lot of questions, like when you start off in sports medicine, do they talk to you about all that stuff? Cause like, Mm -hmm. this is my problem with most MFA programs Mm -hmm. is like, they're like, let us teach you how to write. And they teach you nothing about what it is to actually be a published author and like what you should be looking for. And like, you know, how to do it, how to Mm -hmm. navigate it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so people come out of there to after two years in like massive amounts of debt Mm -hmm. and you haven't actually taught them how to be a working writer. Right. Yeah. You've taught them the the skill of writing, which well, and I mean, okay, but one might argue you've taught them to write like every other person that's come out of an MFA program. Absolutely. One might argue such a thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm making that argument, but one could. (laughs) There is the argument to be made for sure. Yeah. And like, and then I think I just know that there is a lot of shame associated with the idea that you didn't go to college and yeah you know that 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 can be wrapped up in a lot of things that w- might then additionally totally. hold you back from your potential and to you know it, this is like kind of the crux of the american dream that we're kind of reaching the breaking point of right now that's supposed yeah. to be a meritocracy i just went to this um exhibit at the natural history museum on Jane Goodall Mm. and like she didn't go to undergrad but she got her PhD at Oxford (laughs) they let her get in because of her real lived you know experience Experience. and she got her PhD and the same like they didn't give her any handouts for her PhD program she still had to do on the same caliber of anyone else pursuing a PhD at the time so it's like why isn't that an option that you can do that, you know? Totally. Um, and so that's super fascinating. And I don't know, I think that we're the whole American dream is that if you work hard, you can make it. But now for saying you have to like get this piece of paper and then mm-hmm. work hard to make it, it's like, well, that just does seem like a breakdown of the social contract that we've built our society on. Um, you know, which is why <laughs> I we do. need to have these larger conversations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Listening. And so this is from Jessica. Mm. It's technically for not girl, not yet a woman, but I also do think it kind of relates to the larger conversation about art and artists. Listen, Um, there are no rules here. Yeah, exactly. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is from Jessica. Mm. I know that we are now that we are in season six and we aren't really talking about not yet a woman subject, but this recent Olympic cycles really had me thinking about it and I can't get my mind out of it. Mm. I've always loved the Olympics and have always watched them, but these last two cycles have really highlighted so many issues, especially Mm. women's issues. This most recent cycle, we saw the issues with quote women's figure skating take over the games. A big part of that discussion is centered on what age a quote girl should be considered a quote woman in order to compete at the Olympic level. I don't know what the answer is to that question, but it is a discussion I think sports overall need to have. 
What we saw play out on all of our televisions throughout those two weeks was a 15 year old under enormous pressure Mm -hmm. being broken by a system that was not protecting her and not looking out for her. It Mm -hmm. broke my heart. Not only were her coaches, her country and her parents not looking out for her, but then a court decided she could compete and we watched her fall apart for a week and ultimately break down after her program. She was then greeted coldly by these same coaches after she came off the ice. We saw the stress this put on other skaters practicing and performing with her. And then we also saw them break down after this performance. It was pretty much disaster. We also heard a lot about quote, queen, clean athletes and how athletes begin drug testing at 13 and how careful they need to be about uh, what they are putting into their bodies. I can't imagine at 13 being responsible for knowing what I can and cannot take even scarier that someone might give something harmful because it will make me perform better without caring about the long-term effects on my body. Um, okay. So I don't, I didn't watch the Olympics. I actually don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Do have, you know? I have so okay. many opinions. <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay. Number one to all our listeners, I would love to recommend a book called, um, little girls in pretty boxes by Joan Ryan, which came uh-huh. out in the nineties. Um, Uh, but is about figure skating and gymnastics Mm -hmm. and what we do to girls and to girl, little girls. Um, and, and how fucking abusive those two Mm -hmm. sports are. And that, that was written before Larry Nassar that was written before, you know, um, I mean, I guess it was probably written right when the Carolis took over gymnastics, mm-hmm. um, USA Gymnastics. Well, it wasn't written before Larry Nassar. It was written before It was written before added. it came out. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, um, so highly recommend that book um, if you're interested in this topic. I think I agree with you that I thought that that what happened at the Olympics was fascinating on a number of levels. Number one, that that girl is 15 fucking years old. Can and, you just say what, like, who are we talking about and what happened? Okay. So there's, so uh, she was a Russian figure skater that I'm never going to be able yeah. to pronounce her name. So okay, sorry. She's the best. And I don't know it off the uh-huh. top of my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's, <I know. laughs> she's the best figure skater in the world. Okay. Um, and by far. And so like, a lot of the commentary leading up to the games are like, this girl is the best figure skater in the world. Russian mm-hmm. figure skating is absolutely the peak in mm-hmm. the world. There is some controversy about whether or not Russia should be at the Olympics at yeah, all. They I would, I would argue they should not have been at all at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there in this conversation. So leading up to it, people were like, this girl's going to win the gold medal. Um, mm-hmm. And then they got drug tested and she's tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 And instead of disqualifying her both on the team level and on the, the, um, which she, she tested positive, I think right after they did the team. Yeah. Wasn't um, it like she tested positive in December, but then there was another test since then or something where she wasn't. Maybe. I don't know the exact timing of the tests, but she Mm -hmm. tested positive. They, they, it wasn't out when the team skated and won gold, the Russian, Mm -hmm. the Russian uh, women's figure skating team won gold. It came out before the singles and a court, an Olympic court basically ruled that um, she could skate 
And that is absolutely the fucking wrong decision. She should not have been able to skate. She should have mm-hmm. been disqualified immediately. Um, what was the reason that they because ruled that? Do you know? N- well, I mean, that's no, <laughs> no, I don't know. The, it, I, I think the reasoning that they gave was like, it would crush her to be mm. disqualified. And like, then, I mean, then you get into the racism of the Olympic, the international Olympic committee, because Shikari Richardson in the summer Olympics yeah. was, no, that's the only reason why I know what you're talking about is because it was the whole thing of like, it wasn't even at the Olympics when she tested positive for weed, which isn't actually a performance enhancing drug. And she's going to go to the Olympics. I would, I would argue it is the opposite. <laughs> yeah. And she also was in a state where it was legal. Like she probably paid taxes to buy that weed or whoever, is, whoever, is weed, whoever bought that weed she was smoking. It's like also her mother bullshit. had just died. Like give up. Yeah. Anyway. So, so the, uh, obviously there was a lot of controversy because of that. Um, Tara mm-hmm. Lipinski and Johnny Weir did weigh in on that pretty heavily. And we're pretty, and we're pretty like, I, I actually thought their commentary was very interesting and, and spot on where they were like, look, like we, you start when you are a prof- like a skater at this level, mm-hmm. you start drug testing at age 13. Mm-hmm. They both said like, we started getting drug tested at age 13. Then they <laughs> said, Tara Lipinski was like, I couldn't eat a poppy seed muffin. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what totally. kind of drug testing we were having. Yeah. And then she was, and then they both said that if they had colds, like if they were sick, their parents had to call a hotline to make sure that whatever medication they were being given was okay. Um, like, oh yeah, <laughs> like that's, it's like that strict. Right. So, uh-huh. so and Tara Lipinski can speak to this because Tara Lipinski was 15 years old when she won a gold medal yeah. at Nagano in 98. So, so, um, anyway, so this girl is allowed to skate this Russian girl, which like Mm -hmm. is fucking wild. She should not have been allowed to skate. Totally. And, and, you know, it's unclear whether or not she knows that she was given this drug. Like that's not, none of that is like out there, but like, you know, obviously she's 15. So like Mm -hmm. there are adults that are in charge. So why aren't they being like Mm -hmm. punished for this, you know, that's another question. And so then she skates and she, I mean, she fell apart. Like she fell, she fell apart. I mean, I did think what Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski, how they announced it, which is basically they were almost silent. They would like name the things, the jumps Mm -hmm. that she was doing. And then like at the end, Johnny Weir basically was like, I don't know what to say other than that was you know, the performance of so-and-so at the 2022 Olympics. Right. And, and that was it. And then, and then she gets off the ice and the fucking Russian coach starts screaming at her Mm. and she's like a mess, right? She's just Mm -hmm. fucked this up. She knows she fucked it up. She fell in the routine. And again, this is a 15 year old mm-hmm. and she, the, the Russian coach is like yelling at her with a fucking camera in her face. Like, yeah. yeah. And so it was, I think it was tragic on every single level. Mm-hmm. I think that it, I think that one of the problems with gymnastics and figure skating has been that we think of them as like women and these mm-hmm. are fucking children. Um, Mm -hmm. these are children that, 
I mean, even if you're thinking of them as women, I don't know how it's acceptable to yell at them like that, you know, but a 15 year old, I mean, I'm sorry, but like that person needs a parental supervision and like, they're not getting it clearly. Oh, definitely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I just also think that this idea of like sports at a higher level means that you're like subject to any amount of abuse verbally or physically, Physically, all in the the name of, of winning is like intensely problematic to me. Um, even when we were kids, we had Carrie Strug where they're like, yeah, she got up there with a broken ankle. She's an American sweetheart. Like she's a true American. And I'm like, I don't like, even as a kid, I was like, that doesn't really, I don't, that doesn't sit right with me. She that, like, did not need to actually perform the last vault for them to win also. I mean, like if we're going to actually talk about that. Yeah. She, but the whole idea, she didn't know that because no one told her that, you know, right? So but like she, she didn't need to. And so you've yeah. now, but you've even now if, injured this girl. Even if we lost, like, I just don't think vic- the victory element is part of the conversation because like, so what if we lost, it was all on her and her broken ankle. Like, no, like that's so like, who cares? Like your health is the most important thing. Like that, like, it's a weird rhetoric to me. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. Although, you know, um, as a person who, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand that athletics is like this. Mm-hmm. and that people do sacrifice themselves. I mean, look at the NFL right now, right? Like mm-hmm. if you, if you go into the NFL, what you're saying is I know I'm going to give myself brain damage, irreversible brain damage, and I'm doing it anyway for the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, I, I had to stop watching football um, because I couldn't, I, I read enough about brain damage that I was, I can't, it's hard for me to even watch it. Um, yeah. And and I think that like, I agree. I think that like this idea of like winning at all costs, I think that this idea and like, I think it's complicated because I think, you know, if you're a girl or if you're whoever you are, if you're a person who has trained this hard to like go to the Olympics, I understand that like, I mean, as a person who has played sports for most of my life, I do understand being like, I can push through this, you know, Mm -hmm. and I do understand that mentality. And I understand that as someone who has played sports with broken bones and played and, and has, you know, has played sports in a state that I probably shouldn't have been playing sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and I understand the like competitive drive to say like, I must keep going. I think the problem is, is like, um, when particularly when they're kids, like, you know, when they're little kids and, and mm-hmm. that is drilled into them that like, this is okay. It's okay for your teacher to make you do this until you collapse. It's okay for right. like, that's the thing, right? It's okay to run two a days in the Texas heat, mm-hmm. um, in the summer when you're training for football season, like that's not okay. Those, you know, kids die extending it to art and artists. It's like, it's okay that Joss Whedon couldn't be alone in a room with Michelle Trachenberg, <laughs> you know, right. that that was a rule because right. like, you know, the victory of getting these coveted jobs in Hollywood is like still part of a larger competition and sports based, like, um, you know, similar situation. 
Yeah. And so I think like, I agree with you. I think it's an absolute tragedy what played out on TV. Um, I also agree with you. I'm a person who was raised watching the Olympics. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, so I love, I, I have always loved the Olympics and watching it. And I agree with you that in the past, for me in the past, like five, like, well, I would say eight or 10 years or so I, it's become harder and harder to watch, mm-hmm. um, because of a lot of these issues. I'm also, I'm selling a book right now about Surya Bonali, who was, a um, is a, a French figure skater, a black woman who continually got disqualified for, you know, doing, um, things that other people couldn't do. And, you know, I think there was a lot of racism involved in that. And, you know, I think that the IOC and Olympic, the Olympics figure skating and gymnastics communities, like gymnastics, at least they've come around a little bit, but like, I think there's a lot to be said about both, figure skating and gymnastics. I mean, even if you look back at like why people hated Tanya Harding, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's super classist. And mm-hmm. also she was stocky. I mean, she was like, you have to be really fucking strong to launch yourself that far in the air that you can do a triple turn, you know, like whatever jump it is like, and she could land a triple axle and did it as the you know first woman to do it in competition. And like, so she was stocky. She had thighs. She had an mm-hmm. ass like because you need to have those muscles to launch yourself yeah. in the air to do that. And the the Olympic Committee fucking hated that about her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she was, you know, she had whatever. But like, I think that. I think that those problems have been there all along, and I think that they have just we've just barely scratched the surface at them being addressed. I think I was glad that some of the coverage of that Russian figure skater was that like, yes, she should have been disqualified, but also who the fuck is in charge of this girl that yeah. like is allowing this to happen. Um, yeah, and I totally. think like punish those people more than you punish her. Sure. If she tests positive for a performance enhancing drug before the Olympics, she doesn't get to skate in the Olympics, yeah. but also. Yeah. It's so weird. Why don't the coaches get punished as well? They're, they should, they absolutely should be responsible for their team, you know? So they totally. should be punished because then even also, harsher. yeah, there's more, um, you know, incentive for them to be more strict about. Also, I don't whatever. know, possibly Russia should have been punished pretty harshly for running a whole doping scheme. Like, you yeah, know, the punishment whole- was it's called the Russian Olympic Committee. It's like, okay. Yeah, I didn't even watch fucked. any Olympics, the winter ones, because I was like, it's all corrupt. It's so sad. I watched Nathan Chen because he's amazing. But mm. yeah. I don't the Winter Olympics, there's not I don't like I mean, if we're not gonna get a Jamaican bobsled team, I just don't need to watch it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I do have one question. Huh. that I would like any listener that knows the answer to this to write in and tell us how the fuck does one get into losing? <laughs> What's that process? Like, how do you decide, you know, what I want to spend my time doing is hurtling down an ice tube at 80 miles an hour. I want, I want to know what the thought process is behind that. Please write in, to me. Yeah, don't, in cold places, they have that kind of stuff. Like the, um... I mean, but losing, losing is insane particularly mm-hmm. doubles losing that's really insane <laughs> sorry not insane it's wild but like it's like what's I happening mean, people skydive like you know 
people do wild I mean, shit. I hear you. I hear you, but they don't do it at the Olympics. It's true, true, true. But uh, yeah. So I just, just tell me probably, if anyone knows, if anyone yeah. knows the answer to this, I would it's love like to know. cold weather people like that have ice sports. <laughs> I mean, a Lugin lot of great. Lugin feels outside of that realm. <laughs> a lot of great, I, you know, Olympians are from Southern California, so it's not unrealistic to have winter sports here, but we don't have those kind of winter sports. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Snowboarding and skiing. Yeah. Yeah. And ice skating. For and sure. Hockey. Skating. Hockey. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, the, the luge and the bobsleds, speed I skating. I, I don't think we have. Well, this, the woman who won the gold speed skating is a door, um, a roller derby skater. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> cool. I hope that, I hope that answered you and I just didn't go off on a big rant, but that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting in the sense, like you said that you stopped watching football, you know, and it's like, as we learn more about like the holistic systems of oppression and how they hurt people on these, you know, entertainment events, whether they're TV shows, movies, mm-hmm. or sports and the degree to which that changes our relationship to them, um, is super fascinating. I mean, yeah. I agree. I, I wasn't a really a big football fan. I would watch it sometimes with my grandpa, but you know, he passed away like 20 years ago. So, um, I mean, I still to football games, but it never was a big thing to me. Um, and so, but once I found out more, I was like, I don't need to watch this anymore. It's too, it's too violent anyways for me, but it was too much to see people like really. And like, I, I know the way the payment structure works there. And so it's, it's kind of a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah. I mean, for the sake of being transparent, I do usually watch the Super Bowl. I usually go to a Super Bowl party. Um, I have friends that throw one. Um, so, you know, but I, but I don't, I mean, I, I am a huge 49ers fan and like it, it, that part of me comes out like this year when they were actually looked like they might go to the Super Bowl. Mm. It's like, it does come out. That stuff doesn't leave you, but like, it's very hard for me to watch football games. Um, and I, and I don't, I make it a point to not try not to pay attention anymore because I think the NFL, not only are they terrible, on the um subject of of brain damage but they also just fucking hate women so (laughs) and black people (laughs) and black people so i just don't need it um but also i understand you know what it's like to be raised with something and and i understand loving it and so i'm not i'm not judging anyone do yeah do you but yeah for me it just it, it just hit a critical mass point and i think yeah i think it's kind of similar to the conversation we've been having like you said so mm-hmm. definitely you know. yeah cool well thank you everyone for listening thank yep. you jessica and thank you melissa for your emails thank you. um thank you everyone for being here we hope you're staying safe it's a wild wild time to be alive it's like every day something new you know if it yeah. isn't like impending war it's like horrific climate reports coming out so yeah and trans and and gay youth being targeted in yeah. states all over the country it's not just texas and florida it's all over yeah it's just like it's a lot but yeah you know we hope you're staying safe protecting yourself it's mm-hmm. you know that's all we can do 
this point. <laughs> um, so, and we're season six. It's it's gonna get yeah, worse. We're trying before to protect ourselves from better. that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Black Lives Matter. Yep. Defund the police. Mm-hmm. Stop Asian hate. Mm-hmm honor our treaties. This one's huge. Water is life. Yep. Gosh, Uh, God. Um, We stand with all movements to protect the rights of the working class. Police unions are not true unions. They work against the working class. Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. Um, Abortion is Uh, pro-life. Trans lives are, you know, human lives. Protect trans lives. Yeah. Love is love. Jeez. It's like weird that we're still fighting for this. <laughs> it's, it's very like, stupid. Feels outdated to have it be called a political agenda, but here we are. Here we are. You know, 20 years later. Mm. Terrific. Um, yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Oh, you know, we support refugees of all colors. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you and the United find- States should be taking a lot more of them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we created a lot of problems, so whatever. Yeah, we created a lot of refugees, yeah. Yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us, dawsonscritique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy, Kilia, for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at gofreakingcrazy. Um, you can follow my Finsta at aaron.hensley. Uh, capitalism corner we have merch bit.ly slash dawson's critique we have a patreon patreon.com slash dawson's critique and as always you can order our book i remember everything life lessons from dawson's creek available wherever you get your books let's shout out a room of one's own bookstore in madison wisconsin which is a great um feminist bookstore queer owned feminist bookstore um you should check them out and hey you can probably order our book from them Cool. That's, you know, they can ship it to you Uh, (laughs) wherever you are. Um, Please like us, subscribe, write a review uh, wherever it is you get your podcasts. It helps us immensely when you do that. And we'd like to thank those of you who have. You can find me online at Pesty1079 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I think that's all I say. We hope you have a good week. Um, We will see you next week with episode six. And uh, We're going to Halloween next week, so let's have some fun with that. I don't want to wait.